stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Did you fuck my mom? Did you fuck my mom? You okay, motherfucker. You're so fucker. Suck a motherfucker. You shit it! Oh, I hate you. I hate you. So fuck you. talk about the spy who loved me it's such a good james but wait a minute (laughs) i came back for your eyes only in moonraker well star wars is a thing hi i'm back it's been a year of joy it's 2020 and covid is you know making movies hard so we're watching james bond um what's my name again i'm sean i tend to pipe on i'm here with brother scott that's me and jake the snake that to say. Episode 199 of the Unholy Mofos, and uh, we're just here getting it popping. That's, that's what I came up with. <laughs> Is that okay? Is that all right? They, they, they threw it on me in the last second. Now I'm just going to get meta with it. Um, I'm sitting here really happy to be talking to my friends again, talking to some James Bond. We're alive. People are okay. We're lucky. Yes, we are. Yeah, so, goddamn, yeah, it has been a year since we've heard this, and, well, Scott was telling me there's a possibility he could be on, and wasn't hearing from him all week, I'm like, well, I I, I didn't hear from Sean, he didn't text me, he didn't say nothing, he just said, blah, 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 and I said, okay, well, if he shows up, he shows up. I think it's called the Irish Hello. You tell me where to be and what to be. And then you don't hear from me for a long time, and then I'm just there. Like, well, you told me to be here. <laughs> What's the big deal? I mean, 
you told me to be here at a time and a place a couple years ago, and I just happened to remember. Now, if we make plans for next weekend, I'll forget. I'm, you know, my bad. It doesn't make sense. But I'm a parent, you know, and my son's been home, and that's why I haven't been here. And I suppose I should address that. Little Roderick is doing just fine. He's got a tube in his belly, but he doesn't use it anymore. He eats everything in his mouth like normal people are supposed to. He's doing that now. <laughs> it's great. He's running around. He's he's babbling, talking. He's punching daddy in the face. He's you know chasing the dog, and it's it's I got a proper little family going on here, boys. And I get a little stuffy, a little teary eyed. It's great, but I'm not gonna be as loud um, anymore because he's napping right now. So if he wakes up in the middle of my rundown, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess we shall see. <laughs> but I'm a guest. I'm I'm back in the building, but I'm a guest. Let me step back and say, you know, what what what's what's new in the world? How do what's how do we do the segments, Jake? Well, Scott, what we got first? Well, I found a conspiracy about a really good movie that I like. Okay, it's called Jurassic Park. Couldn't help myself. So this theory is that the dinosaurs aren't actually real. Hmm. According to one theory that uh, persists that the dinosaurs aren't real, Jurassic Park is actually an elaborate scheme of park creator John Hammond to make profit from a deceptive spectacle. In other words, he created the dinosaurs from a mix of existing animal DNA into what people think they look like. Not convinced? Just recall John Hammond's speech about how he started his career with a flea circus designed to trick children, which certainly suggests that he has no problem earning his fortune on selling people false realities. Plus, the theory would definitely explain why the park's dinosaurs are pretty historically inaccurate. None of them had feathers, and many weren't the correct size. So I, I remember having this conversation with my, my, my family when the movie came out. Like, you know, did they really make dinosaurs? Well, it's a fantasy, kid. It's, it's science fiction. No, they, they made what they could. Now, if it's, yes, I, I like this theory because, fuck it, they don't know what it looks like. They don't know what they look like. And they had feathers. And then they tried to put feather mountain in the third one. And it was like, no, it's stupid. We're here to make money. Make, I don't care what you think a dinosaur is. I'm going to tell you that's a dinosaur. You're gonna eat, it's going to be a dinosaur. To you, okay. give, me money. give me money. This is a little different than I thought it was going to be when you first said it. I mean... At first of all, I thought you were going like the what it was like, uh, play tricks with their minds and stuff. They're just seeing the dinosaurs. It's like, well, how did uh, Jeff Goldblum injure his leg? How did the lawyer die on the toilets and whatnot? But yeah, yeah it's a heart, it's a heart attack. Yeah, heart attack. No, yeah. it's the idea that they didn't base them, you know, you know, as actual dinosaurs. They yeah, used, no, they like, they, you they know, produced what they could and then sold it as you know a dinosaur. Yeah. I got a hippo and a dog. Ooh, that is ugly. It looks like a triceratops. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, yeah, it's a lot to take in right here. Hmm. I don't know. I just had, I thought it was kind of interesting. I like it. I feel like it, it It doesn't even need to be a like Jake's saying. It's a lot to take in, but it works really well. That's what that's what the next Jurassic World of, you know should be instead of a bad movie. <laughs> Well, it's done filming, so we'll know in about two years. I hope they push the button on, on releasing all of the bad movie. If that little girl pushes that button and releases the bad movie, 
I got nothing. It's just I hated that mm-hmm. moment so much. Let them out, guys. It's okay. It's okay. Let them out. They they deserve to be free. We deserve to fucking. Oh my god, it's it's a metaphor for COVID. <laughs> That's a interesting way to look at it. It's it's the way I look at everything, unfortunately. <laughs> that, that scene in in Forrest Gump, you know that one I'm talking about? Yeah, it's a metaphor for COVID. Which one? All of them? I don't know. Just <laughs> that one. Fourth running forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Lieutenant Dan sitting on the top, screaming at the at, at what's the what the storm. Yeah, maybe maybe it is because four seems to be running for as long as this pandemic has seemed to be going. Uh, maybe I don't know. I'm I reach in here. <laughs> Um, it's a good, it's a good conspiracy. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's, I think it's canon. It's just, it's just underneath. And Michael Crichton has passed away, so he can't tell us. But I think that's what he was really going for. I remember vividly reading the second book and, and getting lost in the genetic coding math jargon. Um, and it was Crichton, so it was, it was legible for like normal thinking adults. I, I couldn't get it. But it was very, you know, Engine was very specific. They're a genetics company. They, you know. The A's and the B's and the Y's and the C's and the D's and the up your asses are all lined up. So here's what you – and you're just like, huh? It's a dinosaur. Oh, I understand that part. Okay, it's a dinosaur. <laughs> I got nothing else for that. But, Scott, uh, you skipped the other one. I thought you were going to lead into that at first. You gotta, you gotta freaking say. And first off, you know the the girls. So Jake, we don't have any ties this week. We all, all right. there's all definitive winners. And well, I think we should start off with a big one, one mm. that may or may not upset you. Mm. Alexandra Daddario beat Catherine Isabel four to one. Oh, that I thought would be closer. <laughs> but I guess I cannot complain too much. I mean, Catherine was a crush before Alex, but again, I can't complain too much. What the hell uh, is going on right now? It's a segment. Just go with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I should just be glad that Catherine made it this far. Then we have Daniel Harris against Marissa Tomei. Danielle squeaked by three to two. She got through by an eyebrow. <laughs> then we have Jessica Alba against Christina Ritchie. Christina one three to two. Oh, well, yeah, yeah man, that... because I don't even know what you guys are talking about, but Christina Ricci is the truth. Then we have Shannon Elizabeth against Amy Jo Johnson. Who's that? Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger. Oh, okay. What? What are the Shannon uh, one from three to one? Ah. Is this something like who's hot and who's not, or are these like you know who would win it? No, it's just it's it's like a preference thing. Who would like you, who you prefer? So that is it. We are down to 
final four. So we are going to be starting off with Daniel Harris against Alexander Daddario. Well, Daniel, she's hot, but of course I gotta go with Alex here. Sean, are you going to participate in this? Oh, I don't sanction any of this. I, I am I, I am ashamed to be a part of it, and I feel like this is this is just this is so this is terrible. You guys are objectifying women right now by, by talking about who do you prefer? Prefer? What do you mean? How prefer? I would prefer this one in a intellectual conversation. I would prefer this one in a fight. I would prefer this one in the sack. I would prefer the see. Oh wait, wait, that's where we're at. We're over here sexualizing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I mean, we also I, I just, like, we also kind of, like, base it sometimes on, like, the movies, too. I mean, see, who, like, who, do you, who do you prefer in the role of, I always like, got to complicate things. No, I pass. I pass. Okay, so, who'd you, you told me not Alex? to slow things down. I'm trying not to slow things down by talking too much. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to talk very much. I picked Alex, of course. Uh, it's definitely tough for me, but I think I have to go with Alex as well. Okay, then our second matchup is uh, Christina Ritchie against Shannon Elizabeth. Um, Just Christina Ritchie is a better actor all around. She's quirky. She's weird. She's She seems approachable. She seems like a good person. Yeah, I mean, it seems like I grew up a little bit more with Christina... You know, I saw her in the Adams Family family movies, and I saw her in Casper, and then and, uh, some Tim Burton movies a little. So, yeah, I think I'll go with Christina in this case. This is going to be a generational thing, because you know Scott's going to go with? I'm actually going to go with Christina. Yes. See, that's called manipulation of the voters. That was voter fraud, right? Just right there. <laughs> <laughs> as as great as Shannon is, and as nice as her, you know, scene in American Pie is, I I grew up with Christina, so you know, for me, she's she's been the one I've been backing this entire fucking competition. So further yeah. fraud, God, there's yeah, just so fraud everywhere. It, it's going to probably end up being. My girl versus Scott's girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's so. just let's just call right now. It's, it's Christina Ricci. It's, two, it's one versus one with 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 me abstaining and yelling in the background. Oh God, what a terrible fan I am. Yes, if you're gonna go well, to the uh, show, at least be a fan of the show. Don't don't sit there and make fun of the show, Sean. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we're only gonna be doing these two uh, matchups this week because that's all we have left. Basically, whoever wins these two matchups is going to go head-to-head on episode 200. And we will not be putting up a vote online for that one. We will most likely be having guests, and whoever gets the most votes will be crowned on episode 200, the winner. Very prestigious. So, Yes. This is the the last time you can vote on who gets... Into the finals. Oh yeah. I hope you have some really like powerful pomp and circumstantial music for this, uh, you know, King of Kings competition, uh, Queen of Queens. With you know, Jake. I don't know what you guys have been doing without my uh, my, my assistance. <laughs> <laughs> we had to come up with something, and this is what I came up with, and it really it filled in a lot of time. 
<laughs> just, just, uh, just replace you real easy, Sean. Um, instead of four hours of yammering, we got about a twenty-minute segment about who, who do you prefer? I prefer her. <laughs> no, I prefer her. Good talk. Next. Well, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about football because, yeah, my team, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your team might have a chance. <laughs> I mean, my team has Sean, a very good chance of. Leading the division this weekend, and then Sean's team is seven and three. Yeah, I know, right? Getting rid of Tom Brady and in your division, and now taking over. That's that's. I told you, I, you we can go back and we can look at all the stupid football, football, stupid, but you know, calm down because one day they're they're gonna fall, and that's when the Bills are gonna step up. And I don't even care, but it's gonna happen, and here we are. My dad is a Cleveland Browns fan. And let me tell you, living with a Browns fan is not the easiest thing. He, yeah, he, yeah. Is that what it sounds like, that that noise you just made? Except maybe? No, it's, 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 it was, it was tough for quite a while. And then eventually it was just, yeah, they suck. Yeah, they're good (laughs) this year. A couple of years ago, they fucking were uh, didn't they go like uh, zero and six winless? Yeah. <laughs> and then now look at them. Undefeated sounds so great. There's no you know fun syllabic winless. You didn't win at all. There's nothing fun about that. I think the Steelers being winless is just a crock right now. Because look at who they freaking played. The Steelers are winless, or they're undefeated? Undefeated. See what I'm saying? See what Scott's The only there? undefeated team. Yeah. I, I'm still picking the Chiefs for AFC. Dude, the, uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football. It's 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 everything got shook up. That that ten year you know consistency of the New England situation was about, and, that, and now anybody can be good or bad. It's great. I almost want to watch football. I'm so glad that the Bucks are struggling. <laughs> <laughs> like they get yeah. rid of Jameis Winston, who threw for five thousand fucking yards last year, for a guy who's past his prime, who's just holding on, trying to get all the records that he can. Uh, I think I just don't get how they can be defeated by us, the Bears, in one week, and then the next week completely destroy the Packers, and then struggle. Past that game, I, I just don't get it. Probably Tom Brady had struggle a, you know, against a, the a, Giants and then get completely blown out on Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking great. Brady just you know had a better week warming up or whatever, working out because when you're that age, you do one you do one thing you know, like you have one extra beer, throws your whole week off. Fuck, I can't, I can't, I can't. On the struggle bus, can't throw this football anymore. I'm tired. What is he, 58? <laughs> it seems like it. I just love how I say we're not going to really talk about football too much, and then we do. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to talk about it because your Bears are putting up a shit show this year. Yeah. Worst offense in the league. Whoop, whoop. And, of course, yeah, we brought in a uh, coach from the Chiefs, you know. But, yeah, I guess it's all Andy Reid. I can't remember how excited I was for the hire. Now, here we are, two years later, I'm like, oh, fire his ass, please. 
Burn it all to the ground. Burn it all down. Restart again, even though we just restarted like two years ago. <laughs> uh, My team did the exact same thing. They fucking did that, and they're probably the best team in the division right now. Well, Granted, uh, they've uh, taken uh, out like every quarterback for all the teams. All right, let's, let's, let's move on. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Ah! Oh, Scream 5 has wrapped and has been given an official title. And what is that official title? Drumroll, please! <laughs> Scream. Yeah, not Scream 5. Not Scream uh, Resurrection to Return or whatever. Scream. Is it Scream Scream or is it just Scream? Or is it Scream 5? Just, scream. Just Scream. Or is it Scream? Scream 5. No. Just I remember when uh, Scream 4 freaking was coming out. I was still in high school. Or I was early high school. I, uh... <laughs> the trailer got released when I was in like a study hall class, and I fucking watched it on my little uh, iPod Touch. Yeah, yeah that's funny because I remember the first one came out when I was in high school. Freaking uh, crazy! I was, how uh, long ago it was? I was uh, just in sixth grade, I think. Yeah, or wait, was it fifth grade? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm kind of underwhelmed by that because. I just don't get this recent trend, you know, of these, you know, sequels coming out, and they're like, you know, let's not even go with the number, let's not even go with the cool subtitle, let's just call it, a, like, the original, you know, like Halloween, like the latest Candyman is doing. Uh, you know, I, I kind of don't mind it, because it's kind of like a, uh, a rebranding, if you will. It's Instead a rebooting, of, it's a... <laughs> Instead of rebooting or anything like that, it's it's kind of no. It's not rebranding when you use the same exact. Th- I don't know. It's classic Coke after the new Coke fails. So no, we're going back to what you really you know nostalgia. Yeah, but that aside, I'm not gonna let it to influence how and I feel I'm about kinda, the movie. I'm kind of excited. I mean, you got you know the big three returning. Plus, you got that uh, that kid from the boys coming in that. That's cool. Yeah. I think his name is what, Jack, Jack Quaid? Yeah, and Kevin Williamson. And apparently I've just been hearing that he's been really happy about this. And yeah, something I've read is just like, well, because apparently this is not, well, not apparently for sure, this is the first screen movie that's not being done by Dimension. So they're being released from the grubby hands of the Weinsteins. Ew. <laughs> hey, I should... Uh, phrase that a little bit more carefully, but you you, you get what I'm trying to say. The one line. Yeah, because the obvious stuff aside, you know, the wine scenes were just always known for just interfering a little too much with their uh, production movies, and that's just led to a lot of shit shows. Yeah, man, if he can freaking get away with, you know, going crazy, fucking let him. Yeah, and it's just something interesting. You know, the last set photo we see, you know, it's got uh, Nev, it's got Courtney and Kevin, you know, posing together in front of a house. And I don't know, it's just we're just seeing a little bit of it, but I'm getting vibes of 
Sue's house from the first movie, just from what we're seeing. I mean, I'm guessing we'll probably be returning to Woodsboro, but I guess returning to Sue's house as well. And they'll have a Death Star, and they'll have a you know a guy in a black mask with a weird voice who's the main bad guy, and then you'll feel nostalgia. Remember? Remember? I remember you, remember. Remember new news? Hell yeah. Either way, title aside, I'm still pretty fucking pumped for it. Are you really? You seriously are? Well, yeah. I, I mean, Scream's like my favorite... One of my favorite movie series. I mean, the first one's like probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And I I really liked two, three, I can tolerate, four, I really loved. So, yeah, I dig this series and I really want a continuation. All right. I hope for your joy and, and my love of you that it doesn't suck. I'm sure you'll find a reason to like it. But if it sucks, you got to You got to You got to You got to say it sucks if it sucks, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Again, my least favorite of the series so far is part three, and again, I can at least tolerate it. I mean, it has, I like that's some, good made for. Going, has some good things going for it, but it's uh, just one of the lesser ones for me. Yeah, I really uh, how, like that's why they made four, because three was so weak. How would you feel if Matthew Lillard freaking ends up returning? I, mm, I don't know. I mean, again, it just seems so weird. I I, I I don't know many people who have had TVs dropped on their heads. And, of course, I'm talking about big box TVs, not these flat screens we all know and love these days. I mean, maybe, you can, you, maybe you can survive a flat screen, but a big old, like, 200-pound box TV. I mean, yeah. I've, carried, I've carried those fucking things before, you know, with a little help. Oh, yeah, they're, even with they're a not little, right. Even with a little help, I mean... If the electricity ain't gonna kill you, then the weight probably would. The only reason I ask is because I like the freaking fan outcry of trying to get him back in. I didn't know if you hear, you know, about all that stuff. Because like uh, apparently even he's interested in you know coming back. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought it'd be interesting to see what you thought about that. I, I think it'd be interesting to see him return in, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I mean... Like, like even if he's, like, the mastermind, you know, behind the new killings or something. Yeah, well, he'd have to be in a wheelchair with his, you know, lower jaw crushed and his larynx and his fucking collarbone and everything, like his shoulders and... Because he was crushed by that giant television, so he's just, like, fucking Stephen Hawking. Get my first... Kill this bitch and then set up that motherfucker <laughs> with the thing over there. But of course, now that you bring us up, I've also been hearing rumors about Skeet Ulrich being caught on set. So I was just wondering, maybe we're going to get like a flashback and you're going to use some de aging on them. Maybe. Skeet Ulrich is Satan's favorite choice from South Park. Just got a picture of him above his bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I got speaking of, there was a little, uh, Reunion thing. Well, they did like a over Zoom like kind of thing recently, and uh, lucky people got to at least Zoom chat with all the stars. You know, as much as the stars like Nev, uh, David, Skeet, Matt, Jamie, and Kevin. Oh, how I, I kind of want to watch that new uh, David Arquette like mini movie documentary thing. 
I don't know if you've heard about it, but I think it's like his his journey back into like pro wrestling, but like it's also like about his life or something. Yeah, I've heard about that. It looked kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. Next up, I got uh, well, new Transformers movies coming out, but no Michael Bay. So let's, let's let that series die, please. Well, you could like Bumblebee. That. Bumblebee was somebody else, and and that was successful, right? And so they're like, all right, yeah. fuck you, Bay. Yeah, and I actually thought that was the better of the Transformers movies right there. So, so the director they got for this one is Stephen Capel Jr., the guy who was behind Creed Two. And you know what? I dug Creed Two, so I'll allow it. <laughs> Isn't there supposed to be a Creed Three? Uh, yes, there is. I think Michael B. Jordan's supposed to be directing that, if I heard correctly. Yeah, Mr. T's yeah. son's going to be in it. I was gonna say this earlier, but I was like, you know, if they're gonna make a Creed three, and I'll not, no no more to retreads. I mean, you'll bring him back uh, Ivan Drago and his son. That that makes sense because Drago is the killer of Creed's father. So yeah, it makes sense to incorporate him. But after that, it's like, no, he had no involvement with Clubber Lang. He had no involvement with Tommy Gunn. It just let it, be, let it be his own story now. And, you know, I've heard that Stallone is done with the series now. And you know what? That's cool, man. Rocky, yeah. he had to run. You got to let uh, that character go so you can become your own identity. Says, he's, what? He's the, the guy wrote him into existence. Got an uh, Academy Award for it. He, he got out of porn. Why would you? I don't know. I don't know. It's like Tom Brady. Why would you ever leave? So you gonna give me money? I'll play quarterback. Sure, I don't care. I mean, I think Rocky's story is done for now. And well, you know what? I I thought Rambo's story was done after Rambo Four, and then uh, years later, it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll make one more Rambo movie. And apparently, I heard now he wants to do one more, even though that one was called Last Blood. Uh, didn't he say something along the lines of like it would have to be under the right circumstances? Yeah, that's a lot of money. You know, circumstances, it's a lot of money. I thought he said it, it, the story had to be just right, otherwise he wouldn't. I'm do sure it. he did, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, I thought Rambo Four ended just perfectly. I mean, ended with him, you know, back to just traveling and finally getting back to his family home, which he was trying to do in First Blood. And I was like, you know, that's fucking perfect. Leave it right there. Don't try to do any. And of course, again, I also thought Terminator uh, Genesis ended perfectly, and <laughs> I was like, okay, leave it right there. Oh, no, 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 we gotta milk it for one more movie. Yeah. You tell them, you tell them, puppies. <laughs> but yeah, either, either way, new Transformer movie coming from Cree 2 director, and again, it's out of Michael Bay's hand now, so hey, hit one might be good. Talking about going crazy, we haven't gone off on a tangent like that in a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what's changed. I've been making an effort to be quiet. I uh, simply <laughs> stimulate conversations. Uh, yeah, we. I remember we've gone some weird tangents. I I just remember there was one. I, all I can remember it started with me talking about Anaconda and. I don't remember where it led to from there, but I just remember it's like, whoa, what, where, where, how do we get here? I can, I can get the heat real quick from Anaconda, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Big fatter! 
<laughs> I can't yell right now. My son is sleeping, but I can do that real easy. Well, uh, yeah, speaking of franchises that keep on going and going, uh, new Predator movie uh, from wah, the director. Wah. I mean, okay, I have no problem but, with it, but make the story good. Like, Stop I telling like, me about people. I don't care about people. Just talk to me about the Predators. Just focus on the Predators. Like, Fuck the people. I don't care about the people. Yeah, like, I I liked the freaking Adrian Brody Predator movie. Like, that was good. Like, we're on a freaking different planet trying to survive. Like, that was cool, you know. G- give us something more like that. Okay, I will admit I'm one of the very few people who didn't mind the Predator I can see where people would have problems with it, but I I dug it. I still haven't had a chance to see it. I can't fucking find it on anything. It's not worth your while. I still, well, I don't know. I turned it off as soon as the kid with autism was, you know, objectified. Oh, I'm done. Turn it off. Well, yeah, either way, it's being done by the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane. So, hey, that's a good one right there. Yeah, he he made a good movie or she made it. The person made a good movie, right? Let's see if they can do yeah. it again. I don't know. Because we're, they... we're doing Jim. Jim, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't know if he's done anything since Ten Cloverfield Lane. I mean, the movie was like what four years ago, I believe. I don't know if he's done anything ever since. But yeah, anyway, that was a good movie. I, I believe it made my uh, top ten of the year. That was that's yeah. the one with uh, Goodman, right? That's correct. Yes, that is John Goodman, and a vat of acid. Let's talk about John Goodman for a second. I mean, he looks really good right now. Like, he lost right. a lot of weight. He's looking healthy. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, he's reaching like he's got to be pushing 70 these days. Probably the best shape he's ever been in his whole life. Yeah, good for him. Right. As long as it will make him keep on going. He's good in everything he's ever been in. And he's so, uh, every time you see him interviewed and talking about his past relationship, with like big stars or whomever he's like well you know i'm just i'm just me and i'm over here with you know al pacino or whomever and I, oh gosh all darn because he's suffered from depression and stuff like that that weight stuff is not a thyroid issue man or it might be i don't know but i mean he's such a regular down-to-earth guy every time you know i hear him interviewed or see him on youtube or whatever i know yeah, my people. depression because my weight gain na, na, na. we're on the couch <laughs> here today with scott yeah, maybe eventually we'll get the Big Lebowski sequel. I don't know. Hey, uh, speaking of, Sean, I'm just curious. Have you ever checked out the uh, Jesus Rolls yet? I have not. I've been sitting on that for a while, and I hear it's not very good. Yeah, I mean, poor Turturro. He's not, he's not the Coen brothers, you know? He's, he's really good at what he does, but and he, he wrote and directed it, right? Yes. Isn't that his first writing and directing brother? I want to say it is, but don't quote me on it. Uh, no, we just recorded you, and you, you, you recorded saying it, so I mean, you, well, you can quote yourself. You're screwed down, Jake. <laughs> shit. I just want, I just want since, we're, since we're taking record in notes, it's not my fault that stuff goes late. I'm, I'm trying to be quiet here. I'm not talking. Do you hear me talking? No, you don't hear me talking very much. I am not talking. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, well, the last thing I got here, <laughs> again, another ongoing franchise, although this one hasn't had any entry in about almost 30 years now. But uh, Gremlins 3, apparently the script is written, and Chris Columbus says that if they're to do this 
they'll use puppets instead of CGI. And uh, really, yeah, that's all I can fucking you. ask for. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, even with the like the child's play movies, they're still using the doll, and you know, in situations right? they'll use like a little person. But you know, you, you gotta keep the doll. That's a yeah. lot of these movies are using just CGI, and they're just they're not as good. I mean, that was the only uh, worry I had if they ever made another Gremlins. Freaking, you make another Gremlins movie, you know how freaking much uh, profit you're gonna make off of selling freaking little Gizmo shit. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, look at Baby Yoda. <laughs> That's not uh, his name. That, yeah, his name is Grogu. Okay. That's how behind I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we finally learned his freaking name. Good lord! What are you watching? Uh, I'll start, I guess, because um, I've got probably the least amount of stuff. Uh, I binge-watched all 14 fucking seasons of It's Always Sunny in, like, three days. Oh, wow. <laughs> because it's like one of the best shows ever, and all I had to do was turn it on and just let it go. Yeah. It's, it's you it. know, it's like putting butter on bread. It's just, it's delicious. I just, and they're I, so I'm, quick. It just happened. I really want season 15 to be out already. Because if I'm not mistaken, they are filming it right now. Because I believe they've posted, you know, photos from the set and stuff. Socially distanced. My buddy uh, Charlie and I, we were talking last night, you know, like, keep going. As long as Danny DeVito can keep going with the show, keep doing it. If he can't do it anymore, just, you know, it is what it is. You know, but, you know, him and uh, Charlie Day, those those two guys hold that show together. Oh, yes. So, if you, if you can't, you know, if Danny can't do it anymore, then I think it's time to end um, the other thing, like, uh, you know, I've been watching, uh, Mandalorian, I watched the last two episodes, pretty good stuff there, not gonna lie. Making mm-hmm. Star Wars cool again. Yeah, um, they, uh, they really dropped something last night that I, I was not expecting to happen. Several things. Oh, yeah. So, you know, good stuff, if you haven't watched it yet, you, you gotta get on it. Get to it eventually. <laughs> it, this season right now feels like it's just a continuation of like Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. That's that's pretty much to me what it feels like. It's like that really nice rug, man. It's tying the whole tapestry of the room together, the whole <laughs> universe. Uh, two big Lebowski references in under ten minutes. <laughs> Love it. Well, you know I abide. <laughs> Is that it, Scott? Yeah, that's it. So then we can we can you know quickly do the the you know the transition into mine. I'm not going into what I've been watching for the past year. Are you kidding me? But you know the Mandalorian. <laughs> I I, I hope not. I mean at least maybe in the last few weeks. <laughs> I, I, Let me I, get I my a, list here. <laughs> I know I had I had a gag where I was going to cr- ruffle some papers and shit. You know. <laughs> I've been I've been keeping track, you guys. Um, <laughs> No, but yeah, I, I I was so excited to watch that episode with the wife last night. I, I told her last week, like, you know, when uh, Soka shows up, you might get interested in, in Clone Wars. And she's like, whatever. No, I won't. At the end of the episode, she's like, so who is Ahsoka? And who is Thrawn? I was like, yeah, I told her real quick. And then I popped in the uh, the Disney Plus movie or whatever and, and showed, well, this is the apprentice of Anakin, right? She's she's kind of a little snippy bitch because he's kind of, a, you know, did, uh, up, head up his ass. Kind of, oh, it's so much fun. 
But um, Archer as well uh, is oh, fucking yes. amazing. I finally watched the season where he woke up. I think uh, that's two two years behind. Yeah, I'm, I'm years behind on that show too. But or no, I watched I watched it live uh, because Hulu does oh. not suck. That's right, the the newest one. Yeah, Hulu right now is one ninety nine for a year. Unless you already have it, right? That's the, that's yeah. how they get you. you fucking yeah. assholes. Hey, at least my you're you you do not have to Are they pay paying for the us? live TV. That shit's going up to like close don't, to seventy dollars. Don't don't tell people what the fuck the the Black Friday deal is for Hulu. They don't pay us. I'm, I'm paying them. Don't you fucking give them free advertising. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Hulu. Um, <laughs> use the promo code Mofos. <laughs> we uh, forty cents off. We 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 crushed the office again. I, I wonder, have we only been watching the office? God damn. I don't know, man. Um, really Better watch boring, it you on boring. I know, because Parks and Rec has gone off of everything. Now, I do have Peacock. I just can't put it on my fire stick, so I haven't watched Parks and Rec. And it's very sad. Yeah, but of course, they're raising their prices up just so we can give you more content. Yeah, freaking bullshit. My live TV, like I said, it's like going up to like 70 bucks. It was like forty nine ninety nine when I originally got it. Like, it's, it, still too it's much. ridiculous. This is why cable is a thing. See, we're, we're going through, like I said, man, after 10 years of, of the, the New England Patriots, the whole system is recycling. After decades of cable, the, the whole system is recycling. After decades of the network, cable came out, the whole system recycled. This is fucking chaos. I don't want to pay for all of the streaming services. I just want to have all of the streaming services. <laughs> anyway, um... What are some movies that came out to streaming that I watched that were pretty good? I don't remember any of them though, so they couldn't have been that good. Uh, we did, we did, uh, we we backtracked the the Marvel Stones saga from Captain America's perspective. That's always fun to pick a superhero and watch from from their origin story and go, go through the Avengers and shit. But then you're like, all right, well, am I gonna watch Ultron? I don't really want to watch Ultron. Yeah, Joss Whedon yeah. is becoming a, a big no-no for me now. Unfortunately, yeah, he uh, he let he let the Age of Ultron break him, and now he's just he's straight Kevin Smith cop-out style. Hey, don't you knock that movie? I love that. Movie. I'm just saying, dude. He's, <laughs> he's he's going through the motions with a lisp. You know, it's the worst way to go yeah. through emotions. Maybe he needs to make his own tusk now. <laughs> That's the thing. Like he started out with making his own shit and doing whatever he wanted and, and having some freedom. And now it's now what? Like did he invest it with Marty Madoff? And it's like coming back to bite him. Like oh fuck, I got it. I gotta do. I gotta do. I gotta swoop in and save the 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 league of the league of extraordinary heroes or whatever. The Justice League. Yeah. That's yeah. The the, the justified league of idiots. What, what's it called again? <laughs> I look forward to getting HBO though. I've been I've been needling the wife. We gotta drop something. I don't care if we drop. I don't know. I don't know what we can drop but we got to drop something and get the HBO back in because Wonder Woman's coming out, the Snyder Cut's coming out, and just Game of Thrones at, at, at a fingertip. I like that. Yeah. I got all the DVD. I got all the Blu-ray. I just, you know. All right, Jake, go ahead. Okay. Well, Marathon, the entire Rocky series, which I was kind of alluding to. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I just uh, finally watched these movies just a couple years ago, and Man, wish I got into it a little sooner, but it has wow. starting to become a favorite series of mine. I pity you. Even Rocky Five. I I don't get the hate for it. 
I love Rocky Five. I like it. It's gritty. Yeah, I mean, it's real. I think, I think story wise, it just makes sense. I mean, you know, uh, watching them lose everything and then have to go back to the roots. I like that angle. Uh, I just Sue like me for what? I like the angle of uh, you know, Rocky. Well, hey, well, he's taken a few hits now. He just can't do this shit anymore. So, hey, gotta find my own prodigy now. And the real story of Tommy Gunn is so sad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, really dig into Creed series, too. Like, like I said, man, let's just keep it. Uh, oh, shit. I really like these movies, but I'm forgetting his first name. Uh, what what was it? Blah, blah, blah. Adonis. You know, let's, let's keep oh, it on Adonis. And let's see. Then uh, binge watch the Psycho series. Well, only one through four. I, I skipped the remake. The, <laughs> the shot for shot remake was terrible casting. I mean, I, I love Vince Vaughn, but he is no Norman Bates. No. Did you uh, do the Bates Motel as well? Uh, no, not quite that. Uh, I wanted to get to that. I, I never finished that series. So I probably got to like maybe season three. So I far as i know probably got two seasons left yeah see that kid yeah uh, what, what's his name freddie highmore i believe so he's a good doctor yeah he's a norman bates and well in psycho 4 we get like flashbacks and we get uh, henry thomas as young norman bates and yeah he's a good norman bates as well vince vaughn no no does anybody have any interest in that new vince vaughn movie the one where he Changes bodies with a, a young girl. And he's <laughs> yeah, a serial I kinda, killer. He's a serial yeah. killer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's coming to like at least uh, on demand really soon. Uh, I watched Hook for the first time in years. I mean, it was a staple of my childhood, and for some reason I never got back to it. And I decided to, and God damn, I want to watch this movie a lot more now. I've lost my marbles. I've lost my marbles. Hey, man. That's the one with uh, Robin Williams, right? Yeah, Robin Williams as adult Peter Pan. And Justin Hoffman as Captain Hook. And goddamn, what performance he has as Hook. I mean. Seriously, he's a very small man, but he commands. I know that Steven Spielberg shot him to make him look big, but he commands so much presence. He's amazing. Dustin Hoffman's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he just really transforms himself into. I just don't see Rain Man. I don't see the graduate that role. Uh, this is a real life hook right there. I think the only thing I really know Dustin Hoffman from is the Falker movies. <laughs> That's a shame. That is that is awful and makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> cry. Let it out. Well, I forgot to mention this the last time, mostly because uh, I've just been going off of Letterboxd and they don't log TV shows, but uh, I did check out that new uh, Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. It was a follow-up to the Haunting of Hill House. It came out a few years ago. Of course, created by Mike Flanagan. And, well, I will just say that uh, I liked Hill House a little better, but this wasn't too bad. I mean, I just liked it a little less. Uh, nothing, guys? Not a thing. I, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen either. I haven't seen either of them. Sean, I tried to at least comment during your stuff. I've been commenting. I just haven't seen that. <laughs> okay. It's hard to comment on something when you know nothing about it. 
No, it's not. I just don't care. All right, I'll be honest. Amy wanted Amy wanted to watch it, and I said no because I'm not in the mood for scary stuff for the holidays. She's like, oh, don't be a pussy. I said no. Pussies <laughs> are strong and tough. I'm a ball sack. I mean, to be fair, it's really not too scary. It's like more of a dramatic love story. I see. I did. Uh, I did see somebody like I got a recommended thing on my YouTube feed. Some dude was watching it, and like there was a jump scare in a car or something, and the. Dude, fucking, he dropped his phone and freaked out. It's hilarious. Yeah, I think that was actually during Hill House, actually. I don't know. Yeah, I, I watched a bunch of uh, Thanksgiving uh, staples, of course. Zach and Mary, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Thanksgiving. And then, well, I did watch Thanksgiving 3, but, Scott, I watched it with the NFW commentary or that one we did years ago. Uh, it's hard to forget that one. Yeah. Uh, drunken fest that was. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be drunk to get through that movie. <laughs> uh, there's a new movie on Hulu called Run featuring Sarah Paulson. I've always been hearing about this for a bit, so I decided to check it out. And goddamn, that was fucking good. It was good, yeah. We started watching it last night, and then we turned it off because she's like, "Oh damn, this looks good, but it's too serious." Let's let's when we have time. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a bunch of Stephen King uh, influences with that one. I mean, obviously the plot, it's um, uh, it's got a little bit of misery in there. In fact, there's actually a part where I go visit a pharmacist with the name of Kathy Bates. So, yeah. what is it? Just like a is it like a horror movie or something? Mom's I wouldn't say it's horror, killer. just just thriller. It's like ah, oh, I, I forget the uh, term for it. You know, the the mom makes the kid sick just so like the kid will stay with them. What what's that thing called, Sean? I know it's, it's not it's not well it's not Munchausen's for you. It's oh, there, there, there's a there's a clinical term for it where the kid yeah fuck I don't know what it's called though yeah well yeah that, that was pretty good I would recommend checking it out. And, well, last thing I want to talk about, not something I watched, but I read. So, this is, like, a, something I've been wanting to do for a bit. Go and read some uh, original scripts for movies. See what happened to them before, you know, so many changes were made. So, the script I read was the original script for Halloween 4. This is way back before they went with what they went with. And back when John Carpenter was still involved with it. Uh, it's written by uh, I forget his name, but he did the novelizations for two, three. It's got you'd probably know this author. I think it's, it's, I think it's Jack Martin. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, kind of a it's an interesting story. It's, I have uh, the novel for three. Where is it? Interesting concept. It's uh, similar to another sequel from the big three of slashers. You know, parents want to repress the memories of yeah, Michael Myers. Okay. They want to uh, suppress the memory of Michael from their teenagers, and all well, the fear just brings Michael back as a ghost. And honestly, I am really glad they did not go with this script. That sounds really dumb. Especially the fucking ending. Okay, so at the ending, like, you know, the bunch of kids watching some drive-in movies, and of course, Michael comes and kills almost all of them, except for two, Lonnie, you know, the bully kid from the original, and Lindsay Wallace. 
Yes, they return, as does Tommy. And, uh, well, Michael kills Lonnie and Shay says after Lindsay, and then the cops show up, and they all stand off, and then the cops finally fire on Michael, the ghost of Michael. I am not fucking kidding what happens next. I guess apparently this ghost of Michael absorbs all the hits he's taken and grows into a 12-foot Michael. Super Freddy. <laughs> yeah. And, well, of course, then again, the bullets hit some cars and big old fucking explosion all around its driving. And then, you know, the survivors are looking around. Parents are like, where are our kids? And Tommy and Lindsay are running off. So, so he give us 12-foot Michael and you're not even having him go wreck havoc. And if you're going to give us something that stupid, at least do something with it. Yeah. Super Shredder. Yeah, well, that, that just, sounds really, really bad. Yeah, let's just say it makes me appreciate the Halloween Four we got a lot more now. <laughs> I, I just can't believe Carpenter was gonna go with that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to go wild and out with it or something. But see, that's what I mean about you can never tell about a good director. We're about to talk James Bond, Guy Hamilton, all these different directors directed all these different movies. Some of them suck. Some of them are awesome. What has John Carpenter directed that's any good since 1980-something? We do this every time, I know, but still. Has he directed In the Mouth of Madness. What year was that? Like 93 or something. Okay, so 27 years ago. He hasn't really directed anything like because he lost the fire. Also, he's very talented. He probably you know does a ton of producing. He likes music, but you know what I mean. Like Kevin Smith is the example of like, well, I really want to do this in the studio. Well, well, fuck, I don't care anymore. I'm just gonna do what I want to do, and then you know have fun. No one does that. Even James Cameron. What the fuck is James Cameron about to do? Avatar. Stupid Avatar too. Like anybody's gonna be excited to watch that shit. Well, yeah, anyway, well, half my list of what I've been watching. So, shall we begin some uh, James Bond? Let's do it. Well, look, it, before before we do, we should we should go out to the movies. This, this what? There's a new movie called Star Wars just came out. I'm pretty sure it's going to have an impact on on films as we know it. We should go check it out. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> All right. Lines in the theaters. Haven't seen long lines like this since The Exorcist, but that was five years ago. Oh, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> see what I'm doing? I'm setting, I'm setting up the scene for when we come back to uh, to take um, a hoe and, and rake the moon. No, that's that's too farmer like. You know, you get you get you get your rake and you go to the moon and you and you rake it. I didn't even go to the moon, but they call it Moonraker.
Take my unfinished life and make it complete Just like the moon raker knows His dream will come true someday I know that you From the most exotic locations on Earth, Moonraker will transport you to another world. A trifle overpowering your scent. Holly was a warm girl with the right connections. Could this possibly be the moment for us to pool our resources? We would be better off working together. More excitement, more thrills, more spills. And guess who's dropped in for a bite? Jaws is back. to the most spectacular adventure in space, Moonraker. It's out of this world. What exactly are you up to here, Drax? Moonraker 1, liftoff. Moonraker 2, liftoff. Moonraker 3, liftoff. Moonraker 4, liftoff. Our city in space. James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the treacherous Dr. Goodhead. Despite your efforts, my finely wrought dream approaches its fulfillment. follow-up to the spy who loved me for your eyes only but then this movie called star wars came out and they decided to adapt moonraker into a movie about wars up in the heavens or the stars if you will and so we get this 1979 debacle uh called moonraker directed by a guy named lewis gilbert who did do um you only lived twice. He did the other movie uh, that would that, uh, the previous one, the the, the good one, um, Spy Loved Me, and then he, he would uh, do another one or this this one. This is the third one, James Bond. Whatever. Not a great go. Six point three on IMDb. We've got Roger Moore as the typical role of James Bond. We've got um, L- Louis Shiles. Lois. Lois. Okay, sure. As Miss Holly Goodhead. Now, the joke there is Goodhead. Her, her name is Dr. <laughs> Holly Blowjob. Yeah, I've heard him like, oh, very subtle, just as subtle as pussy galore. <laughs> pussy galore. Um, the amazing Michael Lonsdale is Hugo Drax. Not the best villain, but definitely one of the good ones. I, I could have sworn, though, when I first saw that name, I could have sworn it said Michael Ironside. At first, <laughs> I don't know why, but I did read it. It's... The only other thing I've ever seen him in is uh, Ronan with uh, Bob De Niro. He played the amazing. Um, he, he had a small role. Richard Keel's Jaws is up in his bitch. Jaws returns from the amazing, menacing, scary guy in the last movie to whatever the fuck happens in this movie. We'll get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a drastic yeah. change. Burnley. Please, M. Um, Desmond Llewellyn is, is Q. Lois Maxwell as the fun flirt. Um, Miss Money Bunny. And then people who are also in this movie. Shall I get started? Opens up with a. I just want to say, I think Roger Moore is kind of growing on me. Like, Sean Connery will always be Bond to me, but, you know, it it doesn't doesn't phase me too much anymore. Well, you know, that's probably the one who appeared in the most movies. I I, I didn't hear half of that. Are you saying that that Sean Connery is is the true Bond? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, I agree. Um. Yeah, but now Daniel Craig is 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 going to tie him isn't he, with the the new one that's coming out. As far as the most, I don't know. Mm, no, I don't think Jerry. so. He would only well, be four. No, I think this upcoming one's supposed to be the fifth one. I want to say. 
Quantum of Solace, uh, Casino Royale, Skyfall, then Spectre. Yeah, it'll be the fifth one. Spectre. Yeah, so he's tied up. Um, there are some Roger Moore movies that are good, but the, the thing that, that, that makes Roger Moore and James Bond not fun is that you go from like an example of From Russia with Love or even Goldfinger where, you know, it's it's legit spycraft to some extent. Um, certainly in From Russia with Love, but then you got this movie where it's it's bumbling. He, there's, there's a scene where he takes pictures with a little spy camera that has 007 in, like, on it, in, in, embossed or whatever. Like, it's, it's, it's not even taking yourself seriously. It's Schumacher levels of Batman, shall we say. <laughs> All right, so the movie opens up with um, uh, a space shuttle being uh, transported on the on the back of a large cargo plane. Inside the shuttle, you got two dudes um, emerge from a hidden compartment and start to launch. Um, and it's very similar to you know Superman Returns, where they can't you know get off the plane. So as they lift off, they destroy the cargo plane. Um, and they're, they're being ferried on, and the, the shuttle was built uh, for the British government. It was en route uh, to, uh, uh, what, the Yucatan territory in Canada before it was stolen. And so the head of um, MI6, M, uh, Bernard Lee, of course, orders Miss Money Punny to contact his best agent, James Bond, and have him report. Um, of course, you know, he's, he's on a plane with some sexy girl, and she holds a gun to him, and but I, I like the transition as like I forget what the phrasing was like Money Penny's like well he's got a leg up and we just see him holding somebody's leg <laughs> you know he's <laughs> currently like in that. flight right returning from the mission in Africa on board the private jet body okay yeah he's be, be, betrayed by his hot flight attendant uh, and the captain comes out with a parachute on and what's funny is that the guy's got a parachute on Bond throws him out of the plane with a parachute on what alright whatever <laughs> Um, the flight attendant escapes, and Bond briefly battles uh, with the pilot that, like I said, throws him out. Um, as Bond watches the man slip away, he is pushed out of the plane by none other than Jaws. Hooray, welcome back, evil, scary Jaws man. Bond plummets um, to his death and is unable to catch the pilot and wrestle his chute from him. Oh, he is, that's right. So Jaws sees this and jumps his ass out. Um, as he's free-falling, he is then attacked by Jaws, but Bond pulls the cord on his chute, and Jaws tries the same, and his chute doesn't open, so there's the first, like, stupid moment of, what, what, with poor Jaws. He's seen falling into a circus tent. Uh, the first animated image of the opening title of the sequence uh, sees him fall through the high wire in the safety net, um, apparently shot but not used. Jaws staggers unharmed at his feet, watches James land harmlessly miles away, and we got the beautiful... I always do the same um, intro in my head. It's the, you know, your eyes don't know. Live twice. Shut up, Sean. Um, <laughs> sung by Shirley Bess, uh, uh, returning from, you know, the amazing previous one. This one, nah, it's it's forgettable. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. one is definitely not up there. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, I like some of the slower ones, but you know, my always some of my favorites have always been the more high octane ones like Live and Let Die, View to a Kill, and You Know My Name from Casino Royale. Yeah, those are my top three Bond themes right there. Yeah, every time I watch this movie, I think of every other Bond movie because, like, there's the scene where the lady, the chick is flying him around. It's, like, exactly the same from A View to a Kill. And then there's a scene where, like, oh, it's I, whatever. It's it's so – this one's very generic. It's, it's like, we need to make a Star Wars movie. 
All right, let's make James Bond. Yeah, goes to space by the end of the movie for the last five minutes. Okay, good. Let's go. <laughs> so Bond reports to our to our man's office where Q and the Minister of Defense, Frederick Gray, are waiting, and uh, they report that the shuttle went missing somewhere over the Yucatan territory. And Yukon. I keep saying Yucatan. Yukon. Uh, while the plane is the wreckage has been found, there is no sight or the sound of the Moonraker. The Moonraker is missing. Uh, Bond is ordered to begin his investigation in the shuttle's disappearance at the industrial complex where it was built by the Drax Corporation. Before he leaves, Bond is given a wristwatch by Q, and it can be used, you know, special darts. Twee, twee, twee. Um, one type Wasn't of steel that, tip, oh. armor piercing, and cyanide. Wasn't that used in the GoldenEye video game? The yes, sure that? Was. Yeah, I mean, I know the... I hate that web. game, though. You know, the weapon we see later we're using GoldenEye. I'll I'll get to that when we get to that part. Fucking Bond. Hated didn't that game. Hear, did you guys hear there's going to be a new James Bond game coming out? Really? Yeah, I guess it's supposed to... It's it's supposed to be kind of like uh, whatever the one that everybody loves. GoldenEye is like, a fucking stupid game. Mixed with like an actual story and Stuff like that. I, been I, I, I didn't James look too much into it. There have been several James Bond games that, that have good stories, but that fucking... I, I never played... I never had a 64, but I hated that game because you go to your friend's house and everyone wants to play the game. And like I was garbage at first-person shooters because I didn't have any except for Doom. And that was on a computer with a mouse and a fucking keyboard and strafing. And fucking hated that game, GoldenEye. Suck my golden dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Bond is in California. He's taken by the sexy pilot, um, who he later molests, basically, over the vast industrial station of the Drax Industries um, and the estate of industrialist and billionaire Hugo Drax for a brief meeting. It's the exact same thing, uh, scene that we're going to see in, what, five years from now? No, four years from now, in, in A View to a Kill. Same exact thing. Old man James Bond in a helicopter going over the estate of the, the bad guy. <laughs> So they show up, and Drax is clearly the bad guy. Um, thanks, Bond, for appearing in person to apologize for the loss of his shuttle. Bond, however, is not there to apologize, and though he is asked about the mysterious disappearance of the shuttle, he receives no conclusive answers. Bond is taking to meet Dr. Holly Goodhead, who gives him a tour of her facilities. I'm sorry, of the facilities. She suggests, Actually, they don't get along at all. Uh, from beginning to end, they, there's this you know cute little sexy banter, and she's a beautiful woman, but he's an old man. Um, let's see. She suggests that Bond try and give uh, the G-Force training vehicle. Hop in, man. See what's up. Uh, while he's in there, Drax's personal assistant bodyguard, whose name is Chang, but we shall call him the Akito Japanese samurai man, samurai dude, uh, just randomly serving him you know, a meal earlier. Like, he's obviously the bad guy. There's no, like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe we haven't met yeah, the bad guy the, yet. The camera pans around him a little too long. <laughs> I don't think they didn't really fuck around back in the day. Like, if you met the bad guy, you know it's the bad guy. Do this uh, switch him up business, like uh, in in some uh, what Pierce Brosnan movies. So yeah, he's fucked. He's he's stuck in there. He's, he he pulls his little thing, the 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 wrist dart to to to, to stop. It's going so fast. It's a, it's a centrifugal uh, G force thing where you just the faster you go and sucks you in the back of the chair and then you get you know liquefied if you go too much. Um, so let's see. While Goodhead apologizes, Bond sees Chang leaving the control room, and I like the way that Bond plays this. 
Um, whereas normally Roger Moore would come out and be all like, yo, silly and shit like that. He's like, no, this is, that was scary. I almost died. You know, speaking of which, have you ever seen actual videos of like people, you know, doing that? Passing out, yeah. Yeah, Passing out. Pretty crazy. Oh, man. I I don't know if we've all been on one of those, but I certainly have. I like the ones in the carnivals where they're enclosed and you can climb around (laughs) on the walls. The ones that are open, yeah. you just like hang on for dear life. What if I fly out the top of this fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> so later in the evening, uh, after recovering from his nausea of the centrifuge, Bond meets Miss Dufour. That's that's that's. <laughs> he breaks into her room and rapes her. Uh, he charms her and they make love. He sneaks out of her room after getting some information into Drax's private office. Um, and Darfur, it's funny there, Darfur, whatever, uh, discovers him there, but does not attempt to stop him. Bond finds Drax is safe and photographs engineering schematics for a small electronics device and a larger pod of some sort, both made by a glass company from Venice, Italy. So that's where we're going next. We're going to Venice, Italy. Uh, as he and the hot chick slip out of the office, they don't notice that the Chinese, Japanese, Asian gentleman who is mixing up his, uh, he's got a kendo stick. He's, he's a samurai dude. I think he's a samurai dude. Anyway, he notices him. Yeah. So now you're in trouble. Um, knowing of her betrayal, Drax tells her that she's fired and, and lets uh, the, the train barracudas loose and they chase her through the forest. Oh, no. What the hell kind of dogs are those? Um... Doberman? No, they're not. It's it's B E A B E A U C E R O N. Bucrin? Bucrin, whatever. I'm I'm jumping ahead though. Um, the next morning before he's scheduled to leave, Bond is asked uh, by Drax to join him for some pheasant hunting, and there's a there's a sniper in the tree. Bond kills the the, the sniper in the tree, and as he leaves is this scene where, where he fires the lady and, and, and she runs off into the woods and he releases the hounds after her. And you go from this silly, stupid movie to like, holy fuck, this is some Game of Thrones shit, man. I, I did love that scene with the sniper. <laughs> he just so nonchalantly shoots him, just knowing he's right there. Oh, good sport. You missed Mr. Bond. Oh, did I? Yeah, that was a, that was a good Bond scene. So Bond arrives in Venice, going immediately to the, the glass works and indicated, you know, I find several workers making small little containers that match the dimensions of those in the schematics. Joining a tour of the factory, he sees Holly Goodhead, who quickly leaves. Bond catches up with her and asks her to meet him later, which she refuses. It's okay, I'm sure I'll just rape her. Bond heads off. I'm sorry, am I, am I using the R word too much when it comes to the fucking James Bond? And, and the fact yeah, you are. Sean Connery, God bless his soul, uh, was, you know, like, sometimes when a woman, you know, you give her the last word, she keeps talking, it's okay to smack around a little bit. Yeah, James Bond is an abusive son of a bitch. Okay? Let's just be clear about that. <laughs> yeah, I like the uh, the family guy one where uh, they joke like, a hundred no's and one yes still means yes. <laughs> It's supposed to be uh, Sean Connery. That's a pretty good uh, Seth MacFarlane does Sean Connery, Scott. Not bad. (laughs) 
All right, so let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Catches up with her. Uh, Bond heads off in a, on a gondola while floating down in a canal. He asks by a knife. He's attacked by a random knife. It's so weird. They, they, they got like a, 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 what do you call it, a funeral barge. And the coffin opens up and it's it's got like, you know, a shitload of knives. And they're all mechanical. And they, and they pop up and he's throwing knives and killing the guy. And, of course, James hits a button and turns into super mode. He, doom, skates off. Um, long story short, ridiculous chase scene. Don't need to get into it. Not doing the whole Champ treatment. So Bond returns that night to, to the to the company and finds a laboratory where two scientists are making uh, some work in a private lab. He notices a pod that matches the schematics in the office uh, and some small glass containers from earlier. And the small containers are some electrical devices that contain vials of a clear fluid. Hearing the scientists returning, he hides, leaving one of the devices with the vials where it falls on the floor after a scientist bumps into it, causing it to shatter, and liquid becomes aerosol immediately, and the room is sealed. Which I always thought was a cool scene where uh, the room that he's in has a little of the the balloon around the door. It, it, it really like, oh, shit, I, I accidentally just murdered some people. It's a good thing I have a license to accidentally kill innocent people. Well, I don't know. How innocent are they? They're making this... Well, anyway, both men die, but the animals in the cages do not die in the room. So the men were trying to, you know, specifically engineer something that killed people and not animals. As he leaves, Bond is attacked by men wearing Japanese kendo gear, who is soon revealed to be Japanese karate man Kang Chang. It's Chang, C-H, Chang. Uh, the two carry their combat into the glassware museum and destroy everything. Literally everything. They're rolling around. They're 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 going through shelves. But the little glass vial that James put in his in his little you know nerd pocket, it's fine. That's okay. Um, let's see. Long story short, he throws Chang through a uh, a, a giant clock and, and through a piano and, and he says, "Play it again, Sam." Stupid joke. Uh, Bond arrives later. <laughs> Goodhead's hotel and finds her in a room. He reveals his knowledge that she is a CIA agent. The two spend the night together fucking. Uh, and then, let's see, Bond finds an airline ticket with her name. It's a cute little scene where she's like, oh, no, I'm not leaving. And she sees that, you know, she's packed and, you know, opens the drawer and then sees the ticket. So she's clearly lying. So let's have some lying sex. It's fun. Um, so he leaves early in the morning and escorts M for some reason and Minister Gray to Drax's laboratory. Hey, you guys got to come check it out. And, of course, when they get there, it's just Drax and his accent, Drax, is American. It's just very hoity-toity American. But he's got one of the best voices. And we're talking Christopher Lee of villains um, in the James Bond canon. I love Hugo Drax's voice. It's just great. Oh, we, just, we just talked Christopher Lee last week, though. Two weeks ago. And the third nipple. <laughs> oh, I missed the man with a golden gun. I love that one. Superfluous third nipple. Scaramanga. Ah, let's see. I lost my place. <laughs> That's they arrive at Drax and talk about oh, yeah, yeah. I can just, just tell you what happened next, but I want to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, have we made a Drax um, destroyer so, joke I, no, I, this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> why is Why James is Jaws? Bond? Why is James Bond? Um, no, but I wanted to find, I wanted to, to read the quote, but I lost it, um, where, where he just, they come in and he's, and they got their gas masks on because he's worried and he's like, oh, forgive me, I'm, I'm not. I'm not from your country. You know, your sense of humor is a little weird. He just. He just owns them. <laughs> it's so great to see a villain just fucking own James Bond. Um, 
So Did while he, he was fighting, yeah, pwned, right? You be pwned. Wow, wow. two thousand seven calls. <laughs> I, I I don't even know if I used it correctly because I don't I'm not fully understanding the reference, and I get it from South Park. It means that you just kind of like destroyed someone in in a video game, right? Yeah, yeah so, well, so what, use it a lot in the internet. I don't know. I always pronounce it as pond. Honestly, I mean it's not even a real word, so it doesn't matter how you pronounce it. Jake, you pronounce words very strangely in general, and we love you for it. Well, well, yeah, that's true. I just say owned. Uh, James gets in trouble. The, uh, the the Secretary of Defense or whatever, Prime Minister, whatever is you know his job is over there with their with their strange you know secretaries and whatever. He apologizes and and Drax makes him feel bad and fucks off. And the office is gorgeous too, by the way. It's so cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, they leave and they're outside. And M's like, all right, dude. Well, you you got two weeks to to go on vacation. Um, and go to, you know, finish this because I can't let you, I can't officially let you go and do it. So you're basically uh, on relief, which is another reoccurring thing that you see in James Bond. Like, you're fired for two weeks. When uh, when does he actually lose his license again? Is that the license, license to kill? To kill? Yep. So. Timothy Dalton in his second outing after all the cocaine. So Bond goes to Rio um, and begins to investigate with a very sexy lady who is very forgettable, but she's gorgeous. During Carnival, he and his assistant Manuela find another storage facility. He jumps in the facility looking around or whatever, pops out, and Manuel is basically uh, almost killed by uh, uh, Jaws twice. First time some drunken people go by, and he's pretending like, hey, we're dancing, while she's screaming for help. Just more, you know, examples of horrible misogyny in, in the world and, and seen through the lens of James Bond. So then he goes to bite her and James comes down with a double axe handle from hell. Macho Man Randy Savage in like 1998 or something like that. He jumped off a huge giant cage to double axe handle Roddy Piper and, and Hulk Hogan. And Piper was supposed to move and then Hogan was supposed to catch him. Hogan's like, no, brother, it doesn't work for me. And Macho Man blows his knees out. It's just terrible. But anyway, that's what he does. He jumps off. He, he, he lightly taps him. And then we're about to have the big James Bond Jaws showdown. And another bunch of really drunken Brazilian people grab Jaws and just dance down the street. And that's the end of that scene. Awesome. Yeah. How can we carry you around this guy who weighs like, I don't know, how many pounds? Uh, how much do you weigh your he weighs? Uh, hundreds. Two <laughs> eighty. Uh, no, he's definitely 300 pounds. He's a big, big guy. So the next day, uh, he, he hops on a cable car, and you love James Bond movies with cable car scenes because you know some shit's going to happen. He goes to the top of the, the, the big Brazilian mountain there, and I believe where the Jesus uh, statue is like, come on, bro, come at me, bro. I love that Please joke. So. I love that joke. When you look at that statue, that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, long story short, he gets into a fight with um, Jaws on the way down um, after he sees you know the planes are taken off, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jaws bites through the cable. Um, awesome scene. Goodhead and, and James end up kicking him, kicking him into a, a, a thing. They get away, whatever. They they scoot down and he goes through the big big explosion and he finds himself a beautiful little Swedish girl randomly oh, real. That seems so fucking stupid, especially with some music. The the you know, uh, the romance stock, music. Yeah, yeah, the stock romance music. So out of left field, we go from the spy who loved me, where where Jaws is terrifyingly hulking creature, to this fucking joke, and he does a fucking face turn by the end of this movie. Spoilers. What? Yeah. 
Anyway, found a good head, left from the chain, blah, 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 the uh, paramedics. Oh, yeah, they, they get kidnapped randomly by paramedics, and then and then Bond escapes, leaving Goodhead alone for no fucking reason. Because you know what? I'm just going to skip to it. After a whole bunch of stupid shit, James just ends up in the same place with her. And they're locked up underneath a fucking uh, the, one of the rockets that's going to explode. I should give you some exposition because I'm getting bored with myself at this point. Um, Drax wants to send rockets up into space and release the nerve agent and kill all humanity. Uh, and not the animals and all the people, all the sexy people that have been working for him. Cause I mean, there's some really stunning sets in this movie. Ken Adams did a great job as set designer or whatever, uh, set director. He walks into his little pyramid area or whatever. And he, all of the beautiful women, just stunningly beautiful women, even for 1979, beautiful women. And there's a reason why, uh, what's, what's her name? God, I always fucking, ah, never mind. It would have been great if I just remembered her name. Not Daddario, Barbara something. Adriana Barbo. Barbo, yeah. If Adriana Barbo was standing in the midst of these people, she would be the ugliest person in the history of ever. Because these were beautiful, you know, women. And there were not men in there, were there? They were just beautiful women. But the idea is that Drax wants beautiful men and beautiful women to repopulate the Earth because they're going to go up into space, kill everyone, and then come back down. Okay. And then, Mr. Bob, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill Miss Goodhead uh, in the exhaust of this, you know, uh, spaceship. Awesome idea. Doesn't work out because he's got a cool watch. Explodes the iron bars, sneaks onto a spaceship. Now they're up in space. They've got. I, I do like, uh, like how quick, uh, you know, he blows up the bar. I th- just decides to make time for one little quip well the countdown is like almost up you know that is like oh that works very well you know not just going immediately for the door even good head she's just wait for him to get done with that before yeah like they're at least reaching the three and the countdown before they go out I like uh yeah no time for jokes here james <sighs> jake makes a good point which makes me need to open up yet another beer and make this point that my favorite, my favorite James Bond movie of all time is is Goldfinger. But I think my favorite spy movie of all time is From Russia with Love. Man, the scene where the bad guy is stalking him on the train while James is having a cigarette—that's just amazing. The, the 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 entire spycraft of of the the genre is broken in this movie where you got to fucking take time to make a quip. I mean, we we need Jason Bourne up in this bitch. You, you make the move, you get out. You kill a guy with a pen, you move on. Now we're gonna we're gonna crack <laughs> jokes. Let's go. We have jumped the shark. Although it's 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 campy. It's it's James Bond with Austin Powers, whatever. But the the scene where he's like, I'm gonna stand on the rock because the bridge is a trap. Ha ha ha. And then he has to fight a python because the rock was the trap. It just shows that Drax is smarter than James. I like Drax. I'm sorry. It's too bad he had to get killed. Drax is Drax is my go-to. Maybe maybe when I'm done, I'll put the question out there like, who's your favorite Bond villain and why? Get get at us in the comments. All right, so they're in space, and you got it. Like Jake said, you got to have the suspension of disbelief um, because here's a spy, an international domestic terrorist, wearing you know homeland security saving motherfucker in space. Why are you in space in 1979? We don't even have. <clears throat> Well, we need spies in space now, okay, because we have a space force. I don't know if any of you guys saw that show. I think it's on HBO with Steve Carell. I really wanted to like Netflix. it. Is, is it Netflix? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to get into it. I got approved for season two. Because we, we legitimately have a new armed forces, you guys. It's called the Space Force. Um, whereas in the past, intelligent presidents would keep that shit secret because we didn't want to blow up the next – you know, arms race. Oh, no, not this one. The cool scene that I like in this movie is when they reveal Drax's space station. That is gorgeous. The music is cool. Um, the idea that it's hidden, nobody can see it, is really cool. 
right? And the way that they right. reveal it out of the shadow, it, it kind of it visually reinforces the idea that they can't see it anywhere. It's, it's, it, I like it. So they get on the space station. They have to disable the uh, the radar jamming, you know, device. Basically, they have to stop the catapult from throwing the giant jars of jam at the radio telescopes <laughs> from space balls. That's what I'm referencing. <laughs> I don't even know. Do I need to? Do I need to continue from here? It just it ends James Bond style. You know, Drax has this speech where, and I wish I could do a better Drax, but it's awesome. You know, you guys, you guys, you guys worked for me down in, on Earth, and now you're. And he doesn't say that. He's, you guys were my terrestrial employees and shit. Like it's such a good speech. But long story short, we're gonna kill everybody, and then your children are gonna be the new, you know, human beings, and they will always look up to the heavens and know that there is law and order. Like it's such a good scene. He's chewing it up. Up. And then James Bond, like fucking brilliant, finally pones Drax by saying, Jaws, do you think there's a, a spot on the new planet for you? And and your little, you know, she's sexy, but, you know, y'all, y'all are weird, right? And they look at Drax and they look at each other and then you get the, like, it's fucking Steve Austin and Bret Hart. It's the most amazing face turn in the history of, no, it's not, but it happens and it's cool. So James and Jaws fighting everybody, blah, blah, blah. They, uh, they send up some some other space shuttles to investigate that I tell you that there's a huge space battle. Pew, pew, yes. pew, 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 yeah, pew. Like, and those laser lasers. guns. Oh, I remember yeah. those were those were in Goldeneye because I remember I would always choose them in like the you know, uh, multiplayer modes or even use sheet codes to use them in the regular missions just because you know they were unlimited ammo. I could use them whenever I want. I will say this. Um, as much as I crack jokes about this movie, I don't hate it. Um, and, it and it did serve because there are no Star Wars space battles in Star Wars. There wasn't any in, in the new when you got to the Empire Strikes Back. It wasn't there at all. And then, well, we've got one in little window here, right? In the in the in the Return of the Jedi, <laughs> it, we all forget it's called Star Wars, and there's no battles taking place in space. Well, you know what? Moonraker's got a battle in space. Stupid and cheesy, and it makes you realize why they didn't have any in Star Wars. Okay, moving on. Incredible die with a blast to the face oh no Boom, dead they've got rocket packs on their back and they're all like there's no organization there's no ranks there's there's no like you know you go over here and you flank this side you're sorry you guys are yellow you guys are white kill the guys in yellow it ends very very uh, austin powers uh drax is or maybe the other way around but drax got the drop on james and he, and he like little quip he's like ah, i'm gonna kill you now and, and james just puts his hand up and hits him with the dart and Sends him flying through the space door, and you know, Doctor Goodhart's like, "Where's Where's Drax? He's taking one, you know, large step for mankind or something." <laughs> <laughs> so man, that's just a scary way to go. I think you know, your body going out through the infinite space. Ooh. All right, well, let's talk about that. He got hit with cyanide, so he was dead probably as the cold was starting to hit him. He was already dead. So uh, yeah. it works pretty quickly. That said, if he wasn't, the idea is that you take a, a deep breath and exhale um, because all of your gases expand. You can survive for you know, a good two minutes if you're just slowly exhaling. But yeah, the cold, your eyeballs will turn to ice. You'll feel the blood in your, in your, in, in your veins boil. It'll, it'll be very, 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 very painful, I would assume. On painful. All right, so movie's over, right? We we killed the bad guy. No, we got to go blow up all the you know fifty globes that are circling the world. They're still gonna kill everybody. So fun little exciting video game scene where James got to hop back on the Moonraker and blow up all the uh, the, the globes because in, 
and stayed behind to release him or something like that. So they're having a little glass of champagne, and Jaws has a fucking line in the movie. Well, here we are, or something like that. And you're just like, Here's wow, what are you, what are the... Here's to us. What have you done to Jaws? Well, we <laughs> so now he's dead. So James and Goodhead blow up all the things, and then they have sex, and then we cut down to planet Earth, and it's like, well, we better talk to James and see how they're doing. Sir, we've got, you know, two, you know, a giant man and a small blonde who survived. Oh, well, Jaws survived. And then James and Holly Goodhead are sex in zero gravity, and the best part of the movie comes up where M's like, what are you doing? And Q's like, I think he's attempting reentry, sir. Scott, what'd you think of Moonraker? Well, I believe this Scott's is not my... there. What? I'm here. You didn't you didn't respond in time, so now you're done. Jake, what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> Scott, how you go? Go ahead, Scott. I don't know. I think this was the uh, first time I actually watched this one because um, I, I don't remember anything about this movie. Um, I, I, they, they really screwed Jaws up in this one. That they just made him into like a laughing stock, and that was just sad. Um, Drax, I think, could have. I don't know. He, uh, to me, he really wasn't as good of a villain just because you know he had the higher sense of. You know, I, I'm a god. I can do whatever I want. Uh, yeah, everybody fucking thinks that. It's been played out forever. Um, I think I'm gonna go just okay with this. Just okay from better villain. Doesn't even know what a good villain is if he smacked him in the face. Goldfinch Fuck you. Is a good villain. Yeah, he is a good villain. You're right. <laughs> What's up, Jake? <laughs> Hello, James Bond joins the ranks of Jason Voorhees, Pinhead, and Leprechaun, and going into space. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make that. Oh, it's turned out a little different than I thought. I mean, almost thought at least a good majority of this was going to be in outer space for some reason. I don't know. It's not till like what the last thirty minutes at least. Yeah, right. Like, seriously, the last couple. Of, yeah, very, very quickly in space, and then we're done. Yeah. yeah, I just thought that would have been just a cooler concept, but you know, it was just typical bunch of it. And yeah, I'm definitely going to echo everyone's been saying, what the fuck did they do with Jaws? I mean, good lord, he was just so fucking scary in the first movie. I mean, the previous movie, I should say. I mean, like, I always flash back to the scene where they're at that uh, Egyptian... Uh, the ruins, yeah, the ruins. Yeah, the, and that every light is flashing, and you just see him. I was like, oh, hell, that is like fucking Michael Myers esque. <laughs> or where yeah. he's revealed uh, in the closet or something, whatever the the, the the sliding door, and you just see the the bottom of his nose and his and his the his big hulking dude. Yeah, oh, uh, no, he's just a big old fucking idiot in this movie. I mean, I mean, man. And then, of course, no, he's fallen in love. And just because he's fallen in love, now he's got to do a complete heel turn. And he's got to even face turn. talk. Well, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. He turned on his heel to become a face. <laughs> yeah, it was just so stupid. I mean, why? What? Oh, I mean, I just wonder, did, like, parents complain or something? Like, you know, that's, like, what happened to some of the villains in Power Rangers. Yeah, we've got to go back to Power Rangers. The villains in there were just so fucking creepy at first. You know, just 
what you expect villains to be like, and then parents complain. So like, oh, now these villains are derpy, derpy, derpy. Yeah, well, of course, then again, parents really complain about a character in a fucking James Bond movie. <laughs> That's uh, your mm. biggest complaint. <laughs> and not the. You're, uh, you're taking your kid to see a James Bond movie? What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, you know, I kept thinking, you know, every Bond movie has been pretty much uh, PG or PG-13. It's just like, why haven't they yeah, gone hardly? Well, I think a majority of them came out, you know, before the rating system. Oh, yeah. Well, like, 63 was Dr. No? Well, Dr. No was 1962. Uh, 62. 1962. But the first PG-13 movie was uh, View to a Kill. 1989. Yeah, like, why are they trying to keep these all PG-13 and stuff? It's like, about a guy who pretty much fucks uh, every woman he comes across. 85. No, no, it was uh, Living Daylights. No, that was PG-2. We're, oh, The License to Kill is when it started being PG-13. Yeah. Dalton. Yeah. No, two. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so, so Jaws and the space stuff aside... I mean, I think I'm going to go with the Jets okay with this, too. I mean, it's just because it's done a few things differently. I did. My run was 45 minutes. Sorry. Sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> just could have done a few things differently, and it's going to have been just a good James Bond movie. But as it is, it's just okay for me. A couple of just okays. Which movie of the James Bond canon do you think is worse than this one? Because there is one that's rated worse. Um, it's Die Another Day. I'm not even giving you time to think about it. It's the worst movie ever. Uh, Die Another Day oh, is 6.1. Yeah. This is 6.3, and for good reason. Now, I like this villain. He's he's maybe the only redeeming thing, because he's just chewing up scenery, and kind of, I don't really care about any of you, because I'm better than all of you. It, it just works. But, yeah, man, this this movie is not my uh, my cup of tea. But it, to me, is is one of those, you know, it's it's Thanksgiving, and it's and it's time for James Bond. It's on TV. Oh, cool, Moonraker's on. God, this movie's bad. I love it. So I'm going to stick with Just Okay, with the caveat that, you know, if you're in the mood for it, it's a lot of fun. And if you're not in the mood for it, Jesus Christ, turn that off. <laughs> yeah, you're basically describing me with uh, most of the Halloween and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. I'm like, God, these are so bad. But hey, look, they're on. I'm gonna watch them. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's how I am with those sequels. <laughs> and so that was Raking Moons. No, Moonraker. Moonraker of high quality. Yeah, I thought Raking Moons come... was my Indian name. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> bad joke. Christmas Day. It's a great holiday. Uh, when we come back, you're the only people allowed to see what we got to show you. Yes, yes. When we come back, it's for your eyes. Only, yeah, switchy, and switchy dice. Uh, I'm trying to incorporate my favorite Bob Burger joke where the villain's doing the watching you hand signal and the kid Gene's like, ah, so he wants to switch eyes. Okay, yeah, break time.
for your eyes only. It's Roger Moore as Ian Fleming's James Bond 007. spy ship sunk in the Ionian Sea. She was equipped with ATAC. Have we begun a salvage operation? We asked Sir Timothy Havelock to secretly locate the wreck. He and his wife were killed by Hector Gonzalez. Police were able to identify Gonzalez by Melina, Sir Havelock's daughter. Explosive. Exclusive. Well, I trust you, Elkar. For your amazement, this bond is for you. Oh, by the way, we haven't been properly introduced, Melina. My name is Bond. James Bond. Mr. Bond, you have shot your last bolt. We're not dead yet. Good afternoon, Mr. Bond. You are now flying under remote control. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. I'm the Countess Lisa von Schloch. Why not come in for a bite? For your eyes only can see me through the night. This bond is for your eyes only. No one comes close to 007. When 007 comes close to you. Came out June 26, 1981, a 6.7 on the IMDb, directed by John Glenn, who would go on to direct pretty much every Bond in the 80s. And, of course, Roger Moore, he is back. Our uh, Bond lady is Carol Boquette. I think that's how you pronounce it? 
I think so. Uh, Lady Lynn Holly Johnson, and uh, I've got our villains, uh, Topol. Yeah, it's just Topol. Topol. Uh, full name. Yeah, Topol. From, yeah, from, from stuff such as and Flash Gordon. That's right. Flash. <laughs> and of course the usual gang, the Money Penny and Q. Uh, for some reason, I I meant to look this up just to see what it is, but I guess apparently M is on leave in this movie. So, but there's something with uh, Bernard. Uh, Sean, do you know anything about this? Nope. I mean, I should, but I haven't listened to the commentary in a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could look that up when I'm done with my rundown. All right. So. This movie begins, we get Bond, and he's visiting the grave of his wife, Tracy, from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. The Love that they made that canon. Yeah, right? And of course, it kind of throws a whole wrench into the whole, like, Bond is just a, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, code name. Well, if- I mean, you can say that the, the woman married James Bond, so any James Bond after, technically should mourn her loss, right? I, I guess, yeah. And I guess I when we think about it, like, this bond didn't seem to have, like, that deep of a connection. I mean, with her, I mean, we didn't see her and mourning her like the, uh, oh, what the hell was that guy's name? Probably would. What, the Australian bond? Yeah. yeah. Something. George Lazenby, guys. Lazenby, that's right. You well, know, you know, he's my least favorite, so of course I would forget his name. But of course, right in the middle of this visit, uh, somebody comes up to him saying that he's being called back to M16 headquarters. So a helicopter MI6. arrives. MI6. MI6. Well, yeah. And, M16, uh, that's a fucking gun. <laughs> well, whatever. Right in the middle of this helicopter ride, well, we see somebody is at some controls end. Well, they send an electric shock to kill this pilot. And then... A familiar voice comes across. Oh, damn. Lee, Brandon Lee died of stomach cancer in January 81. That's why he's not on it. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that answers that question. Did they have like a in-memoriam thing in the credits? I don't recall seeing that. Yeah. Well, either way, a familiar voice comes upon a copter, and it's uh, his old nemesis, Blowfield, uh, of course. Not Donald Pleasance. Uh, in fact, we don't even see the face of this, so we don't even know who the guy is. Yeah, Donald Pleasance, he's too busy doing Halloween, too, at this point, I'd say. Yes. And, of course, I love that the voiceover on the copter is just like, uh, no, usual voiceover you would hear. It's like really bad ADR, I would say. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. Oh, he's like messing with the girl. Controls making this helicopter fly all over the fucking place. And then finally Bond spots him on top of this rooftop you know, in a motorized wheelchair with his little kitty cat. So after a while he gets the uh, dead pilot out of there, which Blowfield is like, have you no respect for the dead, Mr. Bond? And finally he like tears out whatever is controlling the copter for Blowfield and how he's able to control it and comes across Blowfield. And of course the cat runs away, so... Yeah, you know, John Wick situation right here. Picks him up with the, like, little uh, feet of the copter and carrying around Blowfield all around in his copter. And <laughs> Blowfield is just freaking the fuck out. He's like, oh, oh I, can, I can make you a deal. I can make you a deal. Like, please, let me down. Oh, you want me to let you down, do you? Flashback to the Joker saying, hmm, very poor choice of words. <laughs> you got see, he lets him down. He lets him down little, uh, a smokestack. <laughs> and... <laughs> And yet, that is the end of Blowfield, at least in this 
movie canon. And it doesn't make <laughs> sense that this is how they did it, man. I mean, Diamonds Are Forever was a prequel to uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but then you've got Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, and then Moonraker. And oh, oh, fuck, gosh, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't tie that up. Let's tie that up real quick. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. we didn't get back to like crazy after like how many fucking movies you didn't even bring her back up like in any other point in the future movies i'm just curious i don't know daniel craig i don't know i thought daniel craig's no i don't know that goes to prove the argument a little bit more that maybe george lazenby's bond is the one who married her but because he was Bond at the time, technically it was Bond's wife. Anyway, so after this, we get our opening titles. This time the song is, of course, the title song, For Your Eyes Only. And I gotta say, I kinda dig this one. Yeah, this one's not bad. It's a lot yeah, I mean, better than I, the other one. I mean, I said I prefer the more high-octane action ones, but this one wasn't... I kind of dug this one a little bit. Kind of has that sound to it. The kind of sound it is just kind of pulls me into it, shall we say? I'm I'm still gonna be the guy who prefers like you know I I still like the Thunderball one. I like you know Goldfinger and all of them. Thunderball is the one that starts out with like that. I I can't do it right now. But yeah, the the that that fucking harsh, almost like you're you're about to get into a fight and you better get ready for it kind of. Yeah. Well, now we see a fishing ship called the St. George's, and of course, this fishing ship turns about turns out to be a little bit more in control room for the British defense and equipped with 8-Tech, the automatic targeting and attack communicator, a valuable defensive and offensive device that the Soviet Union would like to obtain. Well, during this little fishing trip, their decoy fishing crew hauls in a net, which has an old anti-warship mine, which explodes. Oops. So at MI6, the replacement for M, called Bill Tanner, he's informed of the incident, and of course he's asking them, so how deep is the water? It's like, it isn't deep enough. So they decide to reach out to the British underwater archaeologist, Timothy Havelock, to find this. And uh, of course we meet Havelock and his family, his wife, and then his lovely daughter, Melina. She's arriving by plane just to visit the family. And then we also see that he's got himself a little parrot. This little happy family reunion is going on. And then when Melina goes off inside the ship, well, that plane that dropped her off comes right back. And, uh... I guess it has some guns because it ends up shooting mommy and daddy and uh, leaving Melina, but she is completely pissed off right now. Of course, in my notes right here, I have, but did the parrot survive? (laughs) (laughs) And of course, he he does. We find out a little later. Yes. And he's uh, very uh, important to the plot a little later. And now, in London, he's being called into the office to meet with Tanner and the Minister of Defense, Frederick Gray, order to find the 8-Tech and, uh, like, go find the man who killed Havelock, Hector Gonzalez. And, of course, given a file that says, for your eyes only. Ding! Ding! <laughs> Ding! That's it. All credits. <laughs> Yeah, shortest rundown ever. <laughs> well, now Bond is going to Gonzalez's home, where he's throwing a party, and lots and lots of ladies here at this party. And, well, during his little spine, he sees this mysterious man, elegant suit, octagonal wireframe glasses, and uh, seems to be paying Gonzalez for something. 
But in the middle of its spine, James is captured by the security guards and brought to Gonzalez, who immediately identifies him and orders him to be taken away. But he's about to be diving into a pool where he is struck by a crossbow and killed. Oops. So during this chaos, James escapes and, and of course, the man with the glasses is not intervening and just, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm going to leave with this money. I have mine now. And so in the middle of the escape, James runs into another security guard who is killed by a crossbow. And then this is when he meets up with Melina out for revenge. Well, not, a, not a super hot Bond girl. Just gonna throw really? it up. You don't think so? I don't think she's a super hot blonde girl. Or Bond girl. <laughs> she's not a super hot blonde girl. <laughs> this is true. She's not blonde. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying that she's unattractive. I'm just saying she is very, I don't know. She, frankly, she looks like she's in my family. She looks like one of my Irish people of, I mean, unless she's French, but she's just very plain looking. She looks like my sister. Well, they try to get off in uh, James's Lotus Esperate. Yeah, that makes a return. But uh, ends up blowing up. So they have to use her car, a little clunky uh, Cetroen, pretty much like a like a little bug, you know, like Bumblebee. And ends up going through a big old chase. Ends up going through a small town, flipping over a few times, and ends up through an olive orchid orchard. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that flower before. Yeah, I think it's green. Yeah, it's like. Have a funny little thing like you know, here's one part that's one car, the bad guys have flipped over, and you see the other guys come for them. Oh, you're expecting this big old Michael Bay explosion and shit collision and all, but uh, no. And then, of course, the bad guys uh, end up in a tree. It's like in uh, 21 Jump Street where they expect the explosions like three different times and they never come. <laughs> well, now Bond and Melina they're in a hotel room about to part ways, and she's just talking about how she wants revenge and james leaves her with some words that before setting revenge better set two graves one for so the big maybe, chick and one for the little chick yeah basically just trying to tell her that uh revenge is kind of a dangerous little thing to set out for not for little at, girls back at mi6 you know tanner is kind of upset that he wasn't able to get any information about gonzalez but bond goes over to q to use a little thing called the identigraph. And of course, before we get to that, we, we get to see a bunch of cool other gadgets Q's working on, which unfortunately, yeah, we don't see in the movie. Like, goddamn, they really love to tease you with all these things that Q's working on, but we never get to see. Like, you know, Sean, you forgot to mention a few in your rundown. Like, he had that little thing with the balls, but ends up wrapping around the villain's neck and then exploding. Yeah, um, bolos. Yeah, that's what they're called, yeah. And well, things we see in this one, of course, like, we see a guy who looks like he's in a big old cast for his arm, standing right next to a guy, but ends up being like something that springs and just, well, knocks the fucking block off your guy you're standing right next to. And then another cool thing is the umbrella. You hold it up, on, and then water pull, pours on it. It closes, and these little spikes on the end of it just go right to your neck and uh, i just love uh, after we see this little device here james is like oh stinging in the rain huh and q's like that's not funny 007 she's <laughs> <laughs> have a little sense of humor there q <laughs> q doesn't have a sense of humor in any of these fucking movies <laughs> he doesn't have time for it man he's a scientist he's an engineer he's making shit <laughs> Yeah, you can definitely tell because, like, he he acts like a fucking scientist. (laughs) 
I don't have so, time for this. I have to get back to my experiments. So we get to the identigraph, and you know, it's basically kind of a more uh, computerized version of like when you're going to a sketch artist. And you know, man, I would be so terrible if I ever had to go to a sketch artist because <sighs> I, I'm just terrible at describing people. Uh, I mean, they would have to have like very, very distinct features, like her. She's got like a nose. He's got like a um, he's got these two eyes above the nose. Yeah, <laughs> flies me back to Scary Movie Four. <laughs> Last night I saw a face. Did it have a nose? Yes. That does sound like a face. <laughs> well, after a while, you know, James and Hugh get the description right, and the man is revealed to be Emile Leopold Locke, a Belgian assassin. Though, though the most recent intel suggests he is operating in. Cortina de Ampenzo in northern Italy. And I expect a little bit more of a, an Italian accent coming up here soon because he arrives in Cortina and meets Luigi Ferrara. We apologize to any Italian people we are insulting right now, but, you know, that's how you sound in Jake's mind. <laughs> I'm Luigi. With an Italian Secret Service agent and directs them to his reliable contacts. R.S. Costatos, who was uh, right by us. I thought you were going to say R.S. Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> Costanza, that's like not even close to what the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. It's just that's it's a I festivist for the rest of us. Well, he's watching his little skating protege, B.B. Doll, and uh, she's a little young looking, but my math looking at her age, what the year she was born and what year this movie came out, she would have been 22 years old. By the time this movie came out. She is the definition of babyface. Yeah, she's she 15. Is. She's too old for you, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> and while during this talk, like, uh, he identifies the white dove leader. Yes, that's the whole people behind this whole thing called the white dove, indicated by a little pin. You know, just a little uh, irony there because, you know, White dove, you would associate with peace and all that, but aren't doves yeah. supposed to represent love? Yeah, love and love peace. and peace, and you know, all that good stuff. And he identifies the leader as Milo Colombo, the kingpin of the Greece's heroin trade. And uh, well, after a while, James walks away and. He spots uh, Melina, and she's buying a crossbow. He's just trying to watch her and, you know, in a flower shop, and he's like, oh, get me some of these. But then around this time, he pots two men on motorcycles coming for her, and he's like, you know what, I'll get them later, and goes out tries to save her, like, using a, oh, what is it he's trying to use, like, a, to, like hit these guys, like a crosswalk uh, blockade or something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, beware traffic cone. Yeah, 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 knocking him off, and uh, one of these guys ends up flying right to the flower shop he was in, and as the lady's looking down at him, and so is everybody else, James is like, you know, send those to his funeral. <laughs> love, love that little thing right there. And then, well, they get on a little horse and garage, and he is just really, really now trying to convince her, yeah, you really need to leave. You, you, This whole thing is too dangerous for you, and... Yeah, the whole while the horse rider, he's just like, ah, amore. Amore. And James gets back to his room, and, uh, well, Bibi's in there, and she's trying to 
act all seductively to James, but uh, surprise, surprise, it's probably the first time we see this. Uh, James really wants nothing to do with her. He's like, uh, I have my eyes set on some Greek chick. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, according to the uh, IMDb synopsis, probably because of her age. And, like, again, the actress is 22 at this time, so I'm not sure, like, if... Yeah, but he's an extremely old man. Yeah, and she keeps trying, but James is like, nope, nope, I I just can't. (laughs) A little later, he follows her to uh, Bialison. Am I pronouncing that right? Say again? Bialison. Dialysis? Thylacine? By Al. By Al. Uh, by, by, by Al. Uh, I don't know. Oh, not. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she points out a friend of hers, Eric Kriegler. He's also a yeah, competitor. Well, not only is he a skier, but he very, uh, he's a marksman as well with snipers. Hello. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's oh my god, that's Olympic sport. It's, biathlon. It's, uh, bi- oh, biathlon, yeah. Biathlon. Yeah. Instead of triathlon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, James, he decides to leave, and well, as he's leaving, he is attacked by these men. One of them being, of course, Kriegler, trying to take him out with a sniper rifle. And uh, yeah, we get a really long chase scene right here. All ended up like in a ski ramp, and of course we meet one of the uh, assassins trying to get him. One of them being Klaus. And Sean, I know who you you know who this guy is. Klaus, it's Klaus. It's uh, the the great Charles Dance from many yeah. many things, including Game of Thrones and some really weird sci-fi trucker movie with Dennis Hopper. Love that guy. Alien Three. Yeah, that too. And uh, of course, more most recently, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the oh, that's human right, yeah. villain in that movie. Well, James is able to escape these guys, and well, he's uh, dropped off at the skating rink by uh, Luigi. He goes to meet up with uh, BB, you know, who's, you know, she's just so freaking happy-go-lucky, and you know, and, well, of course, she's being watched by her trainer, who just seems to be a no-humor type lady. And so he keeps asking her about Kriegler, what he can tell him about him. And when she mentions that he's a East German defector, her trainer's like, oh, we must go now. You know, just right around this time, there's these big old uh, hockey guys. They've just been playing there and just says everybody leaves and lights go out. These guys just try attacking James. And, you know, this is 1981, so we're at least one year away from hockey masks being the symbol for serial killers. Friday Park 3? Yep. Yep. Well, he's able to fight these guys off, but once he goes back to his car, he finds that Ferrara has dead, and in his hand, a white oh, no. dove pin. Oh, no. Poor Luigi. Now, James is a... Uh, oh, yeah, I just forgot to mention why Melina was in Italy, because she said uh, she had a telegram from James telling her to meet him there, but, of course, James, he never said that shit, so... Yeah, he, he knows that the villains are after her now as well. It's just why he's really trying to tell them to get away. James arrives a little later in Greece, and he meets a pusser there. And, you know, he's tell, been telling her the whole time to get the hell away. Well, he decides to have a little sightseeing with her. Nice little lovey-dovey moment between them. And now he goes to a 
nightclub he meets up with with Stados, and he's asking how to meet up with uh, Columbo, who seems to be sitting at a table not too far from him with his lady. And of course, what they don't know is that the men are secretly recording them with a little lamp, which they switch out a little later just so Columbo's can listen to. Columbo comes back and uh, says something to his lady, which seems to really piss her off. So she decides she's going to leave him. And now James decides to follow her, the lady called Lizelle. I think that's how you pronounce it. Sure. Yeah, and they get escorted back Jake, to do you have your door open? That's no, not that's, for my that's me. That's my damn neighbor's fucking moan at lawn. Oh, because it sounds like just trucks are going by. I mean, I do, I do have my door open, though, but those... Noises aren't me. <laughs> you didn't know, but I, I was fucking muting my mic a little earlier during Sean's rundown because somebody's car alarm went off. <laughs> 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 he has a Cristados valet apostis uh, driving back to her place. And, well, James and Lizelle have a little nice uh, little get together there. I, I swear, he's wearing a pretty see-through gown. And... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Did you see a little something through those through that gown? And they're really looking. I mean, I'm watching this in 4K, so you, in 4K you see a hell of a lot more. I can imagine. And, uh, again, like we're talking about how James Bond movies, like PG and PG-13, but I swear it saw a little bit more. And I swear we'll probably see a lot more during the ending credits of the movie. Which I will get there. During their little get-together, James asked her, so what did he say that made you storm off? And she confesses that he knows that band, that not band, <laughs> fuck, Bond is a secret agent, and she wants to learn more about him. And of course, James doesn't seem to care and wants more of her. So in the morning, these two are walking on the beach, and this is where they are attacked by Look and Claus. On the beach, Claus and not Claus, Loke ends up killing Lizelle by running her down in his dune buggy. And they're about to capture James, but Claus has ended up being shot by a harpoon. Locke drives off, and these White Dove members appear out of nowhere and then capture Bond. And now Bond wakes up on a yacht, which is uh, owned by Columbo. When he tells James to set what he knows is wrong, he is not the villain, but Cristados is. He's the one behind the search for the A-Tech. And of course, James has a little trouble believing this, but he invites Bond to accompany him to Albania, where he's using a shipping warehouse to process the heroin. So he agrees, and well, they go there and they find Luck overseeing a shipment of raw opium. And now we get a shootout, and right here, a freaking big old mine. Of course, Columbo ends up cutting down these barrels, which ends up, like, fucking landing on a bunch of these guys. And the big old shootout ends up with them leaving and this whole fucking warehouse exploding because of the mine. I don't know. It's just me or was, like, that pretty damn close to, uh, as to James, the real James. Um, well, there was a stuntman who died on, there's, there's a scene where they were doing, um, bobsledding and a stuntman died so yeah they weren't they weren't 100 percent careful on this one. Well, damn <laughs> and uh james ends up following loke around and this all ends up with uh, uh loke's car ended up hanging by the edge of a cliff it's so close to him james comes up to him and he's like hey you gave this to a friend of mine 
give them the white dove pin and just this little itty bitty weight change. Like, I don't know, how much could this little dove pin weigh? I don't know, a couple of, like, less than an ounce. Yeah. No. My mic's still muted, so you don't have to hear that. Oh, okay. <laughs> just this little itty bitty weight change. It just causes the car to topple off the side of the cliff. That was, uh, that was, they did that, I think, as what? a comedic thing. Like, oh, I've, yeah. I've seen that in stuff before. Well, now Bond travels to the Havelock's yacht. A little deep diving. Uh, deep diving. I'll learn how to talk eventually during this rundown. Discovers Molina down there. And so they're communicating as best they can, you know, with all the scuba gear. She ends up leaving a little uh, scuba gear right near this uh, one underwater thing. You know, they end up talking on the yacht and asking if he, her father left behind any information. And so she shows Bond her father's journal. That's where they discover her father had been diving in an unusual on-water location. So they go into their father's mini-submarine and find St. George's, traveling around in there. And yeah, still a lot of dead bodies everywhere. And of course, uh, look pretty well preserved, too. <laughs> I mean, how many times is the post to have passed? Not that much. I don't remember if they mentioned it. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, these bodies look pretty well. Yeah, they should be uh, nice and bloated by after just a couple days. Right. Well, after a while, they find the ATAC, and then they are attacked by another diver in a gym suit. Which is a really humongous uh, diving suit for those who don't know. It looked like, uh, like that thing that they wore in, like, I think it was Deep Star 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, they end up fighting a bit, and, well, uh, Melina's uh, oxygen levels are going down, so they have to get her the hell out of there, and well, James ends up attaching a explosive to the guy in the gym suit, and. After they get out, he fucking blows up. And so they get back to the mini-sub. Yep, she saved just in the nick of time. And they're attacked by another mini-sub, but they end up fighting him off. And just as they return to the surface, well, there's Cristados, accompanied by his man Kriegler and Apostas. And yep, he's indeed the villain of this movie. So he uh, sees the yacht and killed the rest of the crew. And taking yeah, out, uh, I'm just going to say, even though I've seen this before, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I've only watched this movie once, and it was probably like seven years ago. It's a good little switcheroo, that's for sure. And so now they take the ATAC and they're tying Melina and Bond together, like toes in behind a yacht and hoping the sharks will get them. But uh, Bond, he's able to like uh, wrap around a rock with the rope and be able to uh, snap the line. And uh, they retreat to the scuba tank that Melina left just to give him some more air. And at this point, Cristado thinks that they are dead, so he leaves them. But they make it back to their yacht, and they're trying to figure out where the hell to go. But, well, the villains, they were around the parrot a little earlier, and, you know, thank goodness for no John Wick situations here. Not only for the sake of the life of the bird, but because, you know, parrots, they tend to repeat things, as we all know. And, uh... He just keeps talking about a location called St. Cyril's. Well, uh, in Greece, uh, James goes into a confessional booth and is like, Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And it turns out the 
priest is Q, and he's just like, ooh, that's an understatement there, Bond. <laughs> <laughs> now he's able to tell them the location they need to go, and though they end up at St. Cyril's and it's on top of this big old fucking mountain in a monastery, big old cliff, so one of the things they have to do is climb up to this cabled basket, and James has to scale this cliff. Man, if you hate heights, you'll hate this scene. That's for goddamn sure. Yep. Oh, as he's climbing up there, well, Apostle spots him, and he's just trying to loosen the spikes the best he can. But just right before he could get the last one, James throws a spike at him and hits him and ends up making him fall right off the cliff. Like, oh, how high are we talking right here, guys? couple just very, very high. Very, 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 very tall. Very scary. Yeah, maybe at least Empire State Building. I mean, yeah. Maybe at least half the Empire State Building. A very, very tall I don't know, building. man, just death. It's taller <laughs> than that, that spot where, what's his name? Julie Roberts' brother was talking to Batman. Time like, you're not going to kill me. Counting on it. You can die from this height. And, of course, not very realistic because when he lands, it's just like, oh, little bloody face. Because, yeah, we know for sure in real life, it'd be like, <laughs> and they're like, uh, what are this guy's dental records right here? Okay, yep, that's definitely not James, guys. <laughs> I think more than likely he would have died before he hit the ground. Yeah, that too. So he like, I hear like when you fall like that, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happens, but I know like a lot of people die. Your body goes into shock. You pass out. I mean, if people can jump out of an airplane and not die, it's not default that you're going to die before you hit the ground. No, you better hope you die before you hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Save yourself that. I'm just gonna that splat. We're, we're we're watching uh How to Train Your Dragon last night, and in, in the very end where the giant dragon goes face first into the ground, that's how I'd want to go. I'd do the full on, you know, swan dive, make sure I break my neck. Let's go face first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> James makes it to the basket house and is able to lower it to get everybody up. And uh, there's another guard. He just spots this going on and trying to sneak in, like again where James is. But of course, James is knowing and hiding so just as everybody's just about there and the guard spots him well Molina ends up shooting him with a crossbow and uh, well it doesn't really kill him it just leaves him in a lot of lot of pain well Molina's at least trying to be nice and like tend to his wounds you know but just as they're leaving well Columbo he's the last one out and he ends up knocking a guy out. Yeah, a little less nice. I'm in quite a lot of pain here. I don't <laughs> think I'm going to die, but it's very unpleasant. <laughs> also, in this little monastery, we see BB for the first time, and she's still in training, but she is not liking uh, uh, Cristados right now, and so she decides, hey, I need a new sponsor right now. And, well... Styles, he doesn't like that. I mean, he starts getting a little abusive right here when she says that, like slapping her around. And of course, this is where everybody gets in, and we're have a major final third act action sequence. Kristoff, he's trying to get out, and everybody's in pursuit. Well, Bond is fighting with Kriegler. Yeah, Kriegler's supposed to be the big, uh, old, yo, know, towering villain of this movie. Not quite Jaws, but yeah, not a lot of people really are Jaws, including Jaws from Moonraker. Yeah, that's a, that's a different Jaws. Looks like Kriegler's getting the best of him, but James, he's able to toss him out a window. And, yep, many, many stories he goes to, to his 
bloody death. And now, uh, well, Columbo is following Cristados. He's fighting with them, and, well, he ends up knocking out Columbo, and Melina ends up finding him, and as does Bond, they have him captured. This is the big moment for Melina. It's like, do I do it right now? And James is like, you better be a ready to set those two graves. Cristados is about to attack right here as well. Right around here, Columbo regains his consciousness and throws a knife right into his back. And of course, right around this time, uh, Gogol is coming up to uh, get the attack. But just as he goes up to James to retrieve it, James tosses it over the side of the mountain, ends up falling many, many feet below. And ends up landing and shattering to millions of pieces. All James can say to him right here is, Detente, comrade. You don't have it. I don't have it. And all Nogal could do right here is just laugh and leave. It's all settled now. James and Melina are back on the Havelock dock. And now James is getting a message on his little wristwatch. Because the uh, guys at M. 16 want MI6. There I go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> want James to talk to the British Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher. She wants to talk, but James, he doesn't want anything to do with that because, you know, yeah, Melina, well, she walks up to him. She's like, for your eyes only, James, and takes off her robe. So he ends up leaving his watch with the parrot. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, apparently everybody's thinking this is James talking right here. It's like, well, James, where do you get a squawky voice all of a sudden? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thatcher, she's kind of convinced at first, and then suddenly, you know, the parrot's like, give me a kiss, give me a kiss. Like, what the fuck, James? You know, James is nowhere around because him and Melina, they're swimming naked in the ocean, and... Again, like, they're all silhouetted, but, you know, 4K, we can, I think we can see just a tad bit more during this credit sequence. And For Your Eyes Only playing once again, and yeah, it really fits its uh, little credit sequence. And that is that. Sean, what do you think of this one? Meh, really not a big fan of Roger Moore in general and the James Bonds. This one was just so forgettable. Can't go below it just okay, though. It's still James Bond. It's on. I'm going to watch it. Wait, which one is this one again? Oh, it's for yeah. for your eyes only. No, I'm just saying, like, when I turn it on, I'm like, which one is this one again? Oh, yeah, whatever. Villain's not very memorable. Plot's not very strong. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not really, like, you know, drawn to the Molina character. I mean, I like her revenge story, but it feels like Tully Soames, you know. She killed my sister. I have to kill them. They killed my parents. I have to kill them. Yeah. It's just a meh for me just okay scott uh, i definitely remember actually watching this one when i was doing them in like chronological order don't know where the hell moonraker went in there but you know I, I don't know um this one i definitely remember bits and pieces of but there's quite a lot that i didn't actually remember um the twist was good uh i I, unlike Sean, you know, I think the Bond girl is pretty good. Good, uh, good story. Um, it's it's the typical story with them, though. Or, you know, you, somebody I love was killed, or like something like that. So I I think it could have been a little more original, but I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go just okay with this one as well. I mean, it's it's a little bit better than Moonraker, but 
at the same time, there's a lot of slow parts. It's forgettable, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing what? note for this, and, you know, there was one of the lot of stuff that just stuck out to me, you know. I, mean, I, I definitely think Belina, her story stuck out with me. Almost kind of reminded me of, uh, I forget the chick's name, the one from uh, A Spy Who Loved Me. Except that one was a little bit more uh, interesting just because James is the one who killed her lover and you know she's out for revenge for on him, but she's got to complete her mission first and then she'll think about killing him. Now that Eklund, one was a lot. What's that? Um, I don't know. I thought it was Britt Eklund. Maybe not. Well, I'm talking about character name. That might have been the actress, but I forget the character name though. Good bar. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, like I said, not a lot sticking out with this one. I did think the choice was cool, but yeah, there were some parts that dragged, like the underwater sequences. Yeah, it could have cut out at least maybe five minutes of those sequences. Those really seemed to drag on for a long time. Didn't what's her name from the Spy Who Loved Me come back in one of these movies too? I don't know. Triple X. Yeah, that was her code name, but I've. I I did kind of like the beginning sequence, so I Anaya Amazov. I did like the opening sequence though with Belowfield, even though I think that one was almost kind of almost played for some laughs though. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we gotta tie up this Blowfield story. Yeah, yeah, to throw right, down so, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the like I said, I do really like the uh, theme for this one, but again. Not a whole lot stands out, so I'm going to go with just okay as well. So yeah, just a just okay sequence of Bond movies today. It seems. I mean, nothing too we, memorable. When we do die another day, we'll get a whole different level of just okay. Because <laughs> I have I have no fear about grading that one. Yeah, that one gets a uh, that one gets a little ridiculous. That's for sure. <laughs> Fucking dumb. All right, so that was. James Bond months, people. It's over for now. So what are we going to do next time? Well, we'll keep you more and more suspense when we come back.
are back. So, next episode is the big 200. And so it's always going to be a big old special one. And, uh, well, now that we got Sean back, our original plans for this special one are back on track. And let's just say there's going to be impressions galore next episode. In fact, yeah. I, I think by the time the next episode ends, one of us is probably going to lose a voice. <laughs> you gotta reach your kills for money. Yeah, <laughs> there, will, there will be some, some burned out larynxes. There's got to be some licking toe. And then there's going to be licking like this. Why would we be turning like this, fellas? Good God. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) We might want to rethink this. Uh, Next time, Planet of the Apes. (laughs) I love you, Dr. Zayas. (laughs) <laughs> your fucking idea, Scott. You you should have known what you were setting up for when you came up with this, especially when you set me up with my movie. Yeah, yeah we're looking at the Dark Christopher Knight. Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Hooray! We're giving Jake the last one because we love Jake. <laughs> we'll get as many uh, co conspirators, shall we call them, on to to just make jokes at Jake's expense. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you... Do you want to see me make this ego disappear? <laughs> if you want to talk about some Batman, good Batman movies, not shitty Batfleck movies, get a hold of us. On HolyMofo at gmail.com, even our Facebook page. Yeah, Sean, we're not really giving out our uh, you know, Twitter stuff anymore. I, I rarely use Twitter much these days anyway, but you want to do your usual spiel? Go right ahead. If you want to get a hold of the Piper, you write your, uh, your, your, your comment on a little note. You roll it up real tight, you stick it up your ass. I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, I don't care, man. I mean, we're not getting monetized. We swear all the time. Who cares? We're not on Patreon. No one cares. But we got good jokes. <laughs> uh, yes, that's gonna be a special one. Like you, I guess have something. Has you, Sean? There's been millions things I've been wanting to ask you when during your eventual return. But what do you think of the latest Batman trailer or this yo the Twilight guy? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we had to scale Batman down in age at some point. And do year one. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, He's supposed to be a good like, actor. I just haven't seen him anything except for Harry Potter. I know he was in the Twilight movies, and that's why no one cares about him. Like, what do you think about the villains? Like, yo, uh, Paul Dano as a Riddler and Colin Farrell looking very, very different as a Penguin. Very rotund. I mean, they got good actors. Yeah. Paul Dano was really good. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, yo, you hear about Paul Dano as a Riddler and Colin Farrell as a Penguin. Yo, you're mostly thinking of Colin Farrell and the Burgess Meredith type get up i mean that's what i thought of well I, I'm, I'm thinking of the video game oswald cobblepot where he's you know kind of courtney and a bit of an ice out about it uh you know what i forgot to mention when i was watching the rocky movies this was an accident but i was watching him on burgess meredith's birthday that's kind of cool the guy who played mickey scott uh-huh. and, and the guy who played the penguin in the, in the in the campy anyway next time batman christopher nolan yes Yes, I guess until then, the Big Tool 200. Peace out. Later, fuckers. Say it with me now. Deuces! It's good to be back.
Sins and regrets and charity laced with a lie Still we keep hoping to fix all the defects And strengthen these seminal ties We go on together Screamed, they'll never ever take us alive.